Ready. All right. Hello, everybody. We are just a moment early. We're usually late. And then Troy, yeah. Troy said, what if we go early? Mix things up. Mix things up. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Never saw it what, if, what, if, what if we do our next podcast when we promise to do it? Just mix things up. See, because you're expecting us to cancel next Saturday's already perfectly reasonable assumption, by the way. Um, we're, we're committed to it. That one is going to be a Charlotte major recap. It might be a little bit longer than two hours. This one is going to be two hours, maybe a little bit short of two hours. Depends on how the conversation goes. It was part of the whole like revamp that we did, right? Was that we don't want it going over two hours, but there was no saying that we were going to make it to the full two hours. So welcome everybody to the episode 27. It's called new era and it's called new era because almost every single league seems to have brand new teams dominating that we'd never seen before. Obviously both of our home, uh, our home region has, uh, has some surprises. Um, just a, just a couple. The topics for today, for those of you that are watching, uh, they're not going to be neatly broken down into 30-minute segments like before, just because we're going to want to spend most of our time talking about the NA League. So for first, probably the hour or so, the next hour of the show is going to be dedicated to the North American League uh, and exactly what happened there. Top teams, underperformers, overperformers, Canadians' own performance, just talking about the team as well, getting a perspective from DZ. Uh, and then after that, we're going to just go and touch on the other regions for a moment, because if you've been watching LATAM, you might be confused as to why W7M looks like one of the best teams in the world right now, when I would I would probably wager most of you in here right now listening have never heard of them prior to, I don't know, a month ago. And then we'll go over the Charlotte Major teams that are confirmed so far. Touch a little bit on the APAC qualifiers as well, because there's still a couple teams in EU that haven't qualified. Then we'll end off with that uh, newly emerging rumors around Ninjas in Pajamas and LATAM. Uh, so those are pretty spicy. But first, let's get started with the NA League. Uh, as always, congratulations for making it to the major. Thank you. As always, I like that. As always. Well, I mean, unless you, Other... I'm sorry, unless you, <clears throat> unless you fake retire, you still seem to go to all of them. So... I, I, I mean, I said me and Ramp are all good, but yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I, I really enjoy that content, and I want more of it. You know, I want more of the spice between you, and hearing you say, "Oh, Rampy and I are okay now," actually upsets me. Because I, I ne hey, I didn't, I didn't say anything in that content piece. I'm pretty sure in that content piece, the clip of me. Like, they asked me the question, they're like, what do you think of people that say, like, there's, there's like, pros that think it's time for you to step down. What do you think of that? And that was, like, the clip of what I said was in response to that. And it wasn't like, they weren't saying SSG, they were saying pros in general. I don't know who said it. I'm assuming Yardy was one of them. And then... Why would he say that? Why would, why would Yardy specifically say anything about you? Wants, wants his impressions. Did you did you say something about him here on a podcast? Maybe, probably, but he also wants his impressions. Oh, absolutely! I mean, he tweeted was it like yesterday or the day before, being like, oh, "Surf got, Surf got fined forty thousand yeah, dollars." Exactly. Like the craziest part is that there were people who like bought it. I know. Like forty thousand dollars is more than a team is going to make for an entire year of playing Rainbow Six. And they saw that Yardy was tweeting it, and they're like, yes, this is this is trustworthy. We saw a Yardy tweet, and we didn't critically think at all, right? We just Not saw true. it, and we're like, this is this is true. 
essentially. I mean, hey, Beast Coast's been doing well. No, they have been. But I've forty k yeah. is a lot of money, and I I I no, beg insane amount. I beg people the on the internet finger. to gain some perspective. Like, you think they're finding no? They'd find them like a thousand bucks max. Like even when Fabian got media banned at Raleigh, like when he said, did he even get fined? He did apparently, but they they just docked him. They just, just docked his earnings. Ball. Yeah, so it was like. I think it was like 2000 bucks or something like that came out of like his earnings for the Raleigh major. Mm. But it's like they finished second. Like they're making a lot of money too. He's not even going to notice the two grand. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So, and he literally said fucking shit on a broadcast with significantly higher viewership than surf flipping off yes. a camera. Like the thing was, is like, like you could see the way surf did it. It was just like, this guy, this guy, like he thought he thought he was being hilarious, and you're like, what the fuck's he doing? Like, okay, I don't but... know. Like, like you, you could tell he had no ill intention. I don't get me wrong. I know, I know you, I know he shouldn't have done it. But I'm saying, oh, like, I don't care. I think it's not fine. even exactly. But like, I don't know. Just like the context of how he's doing it. Like he wasn't even looking the whole time. He's like trying to get his boys to look. He's like, yo, look, I'm giving the camera the finger. Like, come on, man. Dude, just leave it to a bunch of like early 20 year old video game esports cyber pro man to think that giving up the middle finger to a camera is this earth shatteringly unique concept. Like nobody's ever done this before. Check it out. <laughs> I ain't seen this one before. A trendsetter. It's like, yeah, okay. They find a couple people in Overwatch League for doing it too. I remember that. And it's like, imagine over Overwatch, they didn't fuck around. No, Overwatch, Overwatch. they did not fuck around at all. No, they were finding people just for swearing in comms and like comms weren't even public or something. Like, yeah, I remember. I just remember seeing like fines all over the place there. I remember there was there was a rumor at the beginning when they the player handbook went out where it was like they were trying. They they disallowed pro players from playing more than two in a stack in ranked. So if you were if you played for one of the teams in Overwatch, you could not queue up with more than one other pro, period, to go into ranked. Wow. Which, to be fair, I can understand the logic behind it because it's like you don't want to just be some random, like, high-ranked player. You're just some random grandmaster, right? And all of a sudden, you end up in a six-stack playing against, like, the Philadelphia Fusion. Like, you're probably going to get slaughtered. That's not fun. Yeah. But then, but then, I mean, we look at Rainbow Six and we get like a six or like a five stack of pros and they get beat by fucking Kitten Hugger one, two, three, who drops, who drops 11 kills. Yeah. That's just, it's just not something that should be in the rule book. It's just, yeah, I agree. It doesn't belong in a rule book. Wasn't there also some, there was a rule uh, that they floated. I don't think it ever went live. That was like, they weren't allowed to stream games that weren't overwatch or something like that and then i think like the i think everybody like protested so they they're like yeah maybe we shouldn't do this and it's just oh. like i i i swear cod had something like that where it was like you i think like, league had it as well for a period of time where you it's like, like couldn't, you couldn't you couldn't stream a game that wasn't like those which is kind of crazy i which mean is nuts. I, I get i guess i get it but like uh, it's still crazy yeah I mean, it's the same with a lot of casters have that in their contract where you can't cast, can't cast any game except for your main game. Yeah, I have actually never had that in my contract, and I've specifically made sure that any wording that comes close to that 
gets it's yeah. taken out one time uh, one time they tried and i was like okay well you're gonna like double my salary then because this is basically all the money i can make this year <laughs> yeah like if you're you're basically denying me the ability exactly. to make other money so if this is yeah. all i'm doing this year then this is not enough and they were just like that was just like i can't even remember what it was man i've got i was i was doing some like side content piece like years ago and i just remember they were like uh yeah they they're like okay well here's the number that we want and i was like great this contract looks really good and then they were like then they go but we want you to post about it every single time on discord instagram twitter and your personal facebook and i just said to them i was like okay well it's 150 dollars a post so that's an extra $600 an episode. I am happy to do that. But you got to pay for it. And just immediately. And then, so originally I said no. And they're like, well, the the company that like, the company that gave us this contract wants this. And I was like, okay, fine then. If they want it, here's how much it's going to cost. Immediate answer back being like, no, it's fine. You don't need to do it. And I was like, oh, I guess the company didn't want me to do it that hard. Now that we think about it. Now that, yeah, now that it actually like costs money. So the crazy shit that people don't realize in contracts and the same with players, man, how many times a player has sat me down at a LAN and been like, help. And I'm like, I don't know why you're coming to me for help. You need to go to a lawyer. Yeah. This actually, that, that conversation about contract talk is probably going to come back in our LATAM conversation because I, I, oh, true. I suspect that a big part of why, you know, fantasy is rumored to be leaving Furia for nip or you know keys is doing the same from w7m is because of how much money much money baby yeah. all right let's talk about the na league first you made it in by the skin of your teeth were you i mean you're obviously not nervous but what was the mood going into your matchup against space station it was just a stressful season man i mean that's how it always is though i guess i just i feel like I've I've always cut it close. I know the other guys on the team at DZ have always cut it close with the uh, qualifications. I don't know. It's just stressful. Like every every match we lost, it was like, well, that's the end of the... Like, it felt like the end of the season every time we lost. Because it was like, we'd lose. Like, when we, when we lost first lost to Parabellum, it was like, OXG, uh, Astralis, and SSG were all already, like, undefeated. I was like, well, fuck, like, we're in a, we're in a bad spot now. You lost back then, to back, too. You lost to Parabellum and Astralis back to back. Same, same days. Yeah, well, and then we lost the Astralis one. Like 24 one hours like, after each other. Yeah. That one That's was... Tough. That The Astralis one was more devastating because it was just like, felt, that was a freebie. That was a freebie. Was it a freebie because you lost? That was a freebie. No, we why lost. would Parab why would Parabellum not be a freebie? Why would Astralis be a freebie when Astralis only That's, lost uh, once? No, no, this no, season? no, no, no. Well, no, listen, man, it's just the the hindsight feeling of like, you know, our our own small mistakes. Where like that that stings a lot more. It's like we literally had this game and then we like did some dumb shit this round and gave them around kind of thing, right? <laughs> Whereas the Parabellum game, they showed up more prepared and just smoked us. That was it. True. So they deserve that one, is what it is. I mean, Astralis deserves that one too because they didn't make as many fucking mistakes as us. But it feels a lot worse to lose to your own mistakes. I got to say, then, your, your record against the top teams is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you you have not 
<clears throat> you actually had a very... I'm looking at every single game. You... You never confidently beat a single team except for Mirage. Every single yeah. game needed 11 rounds or more out of 12. Yeah. I mean, you enjoy you enjoy making your fans suffer severe heart palpitations or That's siege though, man. Like I don't know. I feel like that's siege. Is it? I feel like it, it's it's hard. I'm shocked by how often a team gets beat that bad. Because, in my opinion, with most teams, the gap, like the gap between your teams, isn't that big. Right. Like, at the end of the day, if you play Oregon, right, like the other, like the team attacking, like they should be winning the third bomb site more often than not on on attack, right? Right. They should steal, like they should steal, like one kid's around. Like there's like stuff like that where it's like, I don't know, just like the statistics of the bomb sites, like you should be winning certain rounds. And it should come like somewhat close. I'm uh, every single every single stage we say the same thing. We always say, "Oh, well, this is the most competitive NAL yeah. we've ever seen." <clears throat> every single time, uh, and I use this as a cop out because half the time I don't want to think. People will ask me on Twitter on various things of social media, "Oh, who do you think's the favorite for the major?" And I'll be like, "I don't know, man. Honestly, like all the teams are so competitive." And then it, in all reality, it's like, yeah, there's some real stinkers, but it gets kind of tiring every single time. I'm like, yeah, whatever, like fourth place NA team is probably going to get slaughtered. And same with like Cyclops. And then we'll see from like there. Um, but my, uh, my neighbors decided to just start cutting the lawn, by the way. So I might have to get up in one sec. But um, I was talking about how you did against the top teams. I mean, obviously, your your best result was a 7-3 against Mirage. Everything else was like 7-4 or tighter. But you kept it close against XA. You kept it close against uh, Astralis and you beat OXG. So, clearly, clearly you do okay. Yeah. I don't know. We felt we felt in control of the Astralis and XA games, too. It was like the XA one felt a lot like the Astralis one, where it was like, we're in control. And then, and then and we want to be content creators. And then what? And then we want to be content creators. We troll. <laughs> All right. Uh, the first topic is going to be Astralis. So I, I've said yeah. on this podcast, and I've said on my own podcast before, like my own stream and whatever, that I honestly thought that Astralis's core of J90 Shuttle, uh, or sorry, J90 Iconic and... Uh, and a DP fire could very easily be the core of a top four NA team, but they needed a better supporting cast. There were times where I was very skeptical of shuttle because shuttle has always had consistency issues, go all the way back to elevate. And there are games where it's like shuttle will just show up and he's just completely unkillable. Mm -hmm. And then there are other games where it's like every single round shuttle is somewhere disconnected from the team and he's just a freebie. And it's round seven and shuttle is one and six. And you're like, okay. And then, you know, I, I like retro a lot, but I had become pretty clear to me over the last like year or so that the sun was setting on retro's ability to be on a top team. Mm -hmm. So honestly, what do you think it is about Astralis that propelled them upwards? You think forest was the secret weapon? I think it was call out. I think it was call out. You think um, it's that he wears a dress shirt and tie behind the bench every time? 
I think he knows the game. I think he knew the game when he was on United. I said this when he was on United. I thought he had a decent understanding of the game and he could call the game. But people were like, college bad player, though. Sure, but like, the guy, the guy knew what he was talking about. I think it was just... Super. Super said that too. Super was uh, went on and on about the old United roster, where he said that in terms of performance, he said he felt that Forrest was. Oh my god, it's getting fucking louder. Uh, that Forrest was far and away the worst player, and that Callout mechanically might not have been the greatest player, but like mentally, the yeah. dude was the only reason why that team had a fighting chance. I would agree. I I mean I I think they played as a team and I think he was a huge part of that. Um but yeah, he the the problem with Astralis always was that they were like very repetitive, very predictable, very slow, all that and Callout had to have changed that because now they play really fast, just a lot more unpredictable, just a lot different overall and like that's I mean it has to be in large part his doing. I'm sure, you know, players have stepped up in, in different regards to like make that happen, but he had to have been, you know, helping push that. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I've noticed out of every single Astralis match that I've either casted or watched is that they trade really well. They are yep. always together, which it's like on their own. I've, I've always thought that like, I've always thought like Jack, DP Fire, Iconic, I've always thought those guys like individually were quite skilled. You know, yep. 1v1, they're going to spank you. Just the way it works. But when you put two of them back to back, yeah, you're going to kill Iconic on the entry. Are you going to kill J90 right after him? Probably not. Yeah. And I, I don't know if Callout has brought out something better in Shuttle, but I do think that in terms of consistency... I don't know the stats behind Shuttle this stage, and I don't know no, the stats Shuttle's behind him. Been, Shuttle's been very consistent. Well, so what I've noticed specifically is he's much faster on attack. He's, he's playing a, with confidence, eh? Like, he always seemed like kind of a shy player. Now he's confident. Would you agree? See, well, I have no idea if it was confidence or not before, but Shuttle wouldn't fucking move. Yeah. Period. He wouldn't help his team, nothing. He was just sitting, waiting for whoever it was to flank or move or whatever. Like, he would just sit and wait in a spot. And no matter what else was happening, he was going to continue to sit and wait in this fucking spot. Yeah. Keep in now, mind, Shuttle, I, uh, Shuttle literally came to age in Rainbow Six playing on a team with Skies and Laxing. Very true. So, I mean, it doesn't give you a ton of room there. When you've got Skies and Laxing playing with Shuttle for, what, like two and a half years? Two years or something like that. Yeah. And the key complaint that that old team had with England on it, if you recall, was that everybody was just a fucking asshole to each other. And it was like skies and England would just like fucking scream at each other and be rude yep. to each other. And then there are times where it's like, I've heard stories of like the things that they've said to each other. Like somebody would just like botch a kill and then skies would just blow up and be like, what are you doing? Like just sit outside. And it's just like, well, if I'm shuttle, who is already a very like mild mannered and quiet guy. He's very, very quiet in real life. People don't know this. Yes. Like, I could see that affecting your mental. And now he's playing with a bunch of fucking dumbasses. Like, they're all just a bunch of goobers in the best way. I'm a big, I'm, I'm, admittedly, I'm a big Astralis fanboy. I gotta say this. I am very happy that the team is doing well. I like the personalities on the team. I think they're, yeah. I'm, I'm very high on them. But it's just like, I can imagine like old man shuttle 
who's just been on teams that just leave him out to dry, and now he's just got a bunch of fucking, like, G-fueled animals swinging from the trees, killing everything, and Shuttle's just like, yo, I'm in it. Maybe. I. The thing is, though, like, the that team, the only thing that changed is Forrest came in and uh, Caller came in. Like, yep. So... They and they were not playing like that before. I'm telling you, they were the slowest team in the league by yeah, far. No, no, they, and they, they have four of the same players. They never so, looked like they knew what they wanted so to do. You well, like you could say, like G Fuel, whatever, swinging monkeys. They they, yeah. they needed the the change from their coach, whatever the vision of how to play the game, and for them to be pushed to play the game that way. I I'm and not like I'm, I even see comments about like. Shuttle's role change changing it. Shuttle used to play top down on the team and he was slow as fuck. I'm telling you. It's literally just the philosophy change on attack. To back up what you said, Super just typed in chat. Astralis was the third best attacking team last year, but the eighth slowest. Yeah. You were correct. You were correct, by the way. Yeah. Also the eighth fastest. Very true. Because it works that way. I guess. Um, <clears throat> no no shade to Easley, obviously, because we love Kevin. I think he's great. But I think when you have former players that want to get into coaching, I think there are certain skills that are needed from a, a coach that are not always present from a former player. Like if somebody like Easley, who's played at the Six Invitational, what, two or three times? Uh, he's played at like half when he was active, he played at like half of the like regional finals. The dude is, is un, his stats are unimpeachable and his history in the game is unimpeachable, but that does not necessarily mean that he's going to be a good coach. Um, somebody like call out the one thing that his opponents and his teammates have said about him is that regardless of his ability in the server, his mind in the server and his mind outside of the server is almost unmatched. And I mean, they say the same thing about super. Super will go one and eight, but his team will still win. And it doesn't really matter that he played poorly. I mean, obviously it's not great that his stats aren't good, but to say that he played poorly going one and eight is incorrect because the things that he brings enable the rest of his team to do well. Obviously this stage notwithstanding. So I just like, I, I don't like when people are like, oh, you know, so-and-so is not a good player. And it's like mechanically, maybe not. You've had your own fair share of, Bad mechanical plays, but you've won two world championships. So I don't, I don't think people could ever turn around and be like, Troy's a bad player. I say it because I think it's funny. People definitely say it, but yeah. I'm know. sorry. You are fraud Nadian. That's me. That's you. Yes. Oh my God, dude. I, so I obviously sat out NAL this week because I thought my appendix had burst. And then I'm sitting at home watching the games, just like a normal Randy. Mm-hmm. And just reading Twitch chat, and what's like when you were playing SSG, it was like fraud, Nadian, fraud station, fraud and cold. And I was just reading Twitch chat, and I was thinking to myself, like, I really do wish my appendix had burst because then I wouldn't have to fucking be here reading this garbage. People say ridiculous shit. I was just like, God, the one time that I was praying for an organ of mine to just blow up inside my body, like, but. Um, now chat's getting in on there. Fraud, yes, fraud, Nadian. Have you ever read? Cold. Man, have you ever read? Um, 
the game threads or the post discussion threads after a LATAM match. It's all like La Mickey League, La Mickey this, La Mickey that. And I blame Demo 100%. But I just read that stuff and I'm like, man, we are so stupid. Just like, anyway. It's just terrible. The way the uh, the lingo has evolved. Yeah. I'm, I, I enjoy the, the Mickey Mouse bullshit. Lay Mickey everything. I don't know. It's funny now and then. Yeah. It's like it's like ratio. Sometimes it's really fucking like sometimes I'll see a ratio that catches me it's, off guard and I'll fucking yeah. laugh at it. It's the same with the fraud stuff, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, do you it not like repeatedly being referred to as fraud Nadian? Can't say I do, but I mean it doesn't hold up. It is what it is. What are your what are your still let's go over to Siege GG NA League. Let's look at your stats for the season and see. Are you? They gotta. They are you certified CGG fraud has to do me a favor. Here, let's here, let's real quick. Oh, no, no, hold CGG on. has to do me a favor and add on the Ooh. stat page just one additional stat. Okay. Average placement. Average placement. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Because you are a. I'm point, pretty sure. You are a point eight nine rating, a minus forty two with a KPR of point five six. Your most played operators are Flores and Kaid. Have I not been watching these fucking games? Uh, yeah, I play a lot of Kate. Less now. I play a lot less Kate now. But you know what? You know what they don't show on there? Times qualified for majors. You did it. By the way, because you qualified. Average placements. By the (laughs) super just said minus forty two. Are you looking at me? Actually, that brings up a very good point. What are super stats? Almost as bad as Bolos. Super is minus one hundred and nine. So that is. That's a thing. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> here. Pretty impressive. Um, to be fair, though, that's... So those are your stats. Um, those are actually your stats for the last like, seven months. Why do they do this? Okay, where are you right now? You're actually not that bad. Super's minus 44 this season. This season, you're, oh, you're only minus six. You're actually not bad. Yeah, I had, a, I had a decent season. You're actually doing better than other the than the Parabellum game, the Parabellum, Parabellum game. I guess. Was that, was that full fraud Nadian? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That there's map. Like, that map fraud Nadian. There's three of but you. There's there's regular Canadian. It's fraud Nadian. And then. Big bad Nadian. There you go. There's three of you, and it depends on which one's going to show up. Very true. Is it a uh, is it a Canadian game? Oh, it's a big bad Nadian game today. The moment I saw you walk out on stage with a fucking headband on, I was just like, dude, it's over. Well, no, I was on the stage and I was sitting there and I was like, I was just thinking in my head, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Because like I was, I was in the fucking zone coming into that game. And I just like, I always have it in my backpack. It's actually like the headband. I think I have one. Oh, no, here, you have it but... in reach. No, I don't have it up here. I packed it. Whatever. Um. It's already it's in like the a, bag for Charlotte. It's actually like a hand towel that's like you apply water to it and it's got like cooling technology. Yeah, I'm serious. It actually works. I'm not joking. You have apparently, one of those pink Himalayan salt lamps that you put down so, next to you to remove negative ions from the listen, environment. Apparently it was like intended to be like some athletic like that. That was the target market, right? Like athletes. Working out all that. Yeah. Turns out it 
its real target market became elderly women on menopause because they were out gardening, got really hot, cooling technology. It works, though. It actually does. Every night before a big match, I sleep with my pregnancy pillow, which puts me on an angle and allows the blood to flow freely through my body. I wake up better rested. Hot flash yeah. Nadian. That's a good one. See, there you go. You are hot flash Nadian now. I guess so. Yeah. It is yeah. menopause cooling techniques. I keep it um, I keep it in the backpack just in case. And it was hot, and I was like, I'm going to need to do the cooling technology. And I pulled it out, and I was like, I'm just wearing the, wearing the headband. Yeah. yeah, the moment I saw the headband on, I was like, it's fucking over. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, SSG's, SSG's not even going to be able to fucking lick around. Like, they're just, they're done. They're going to see it, and it's like, you're going to get in the fucking server. You're like Rambo. Just gunning them yeah, down. Man. But what I was, I was going to say something about stats, because we we're talking about stats. Well, yeah. And I noticed it in, it's not our last two matches, our accept match and our SSG match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you look at the stats and I playing the game, like when you, when you play the game, you can tell when your team feels in control of the game. Right. Now, maybe, maybe the other team's going to come and tell me that. All right. You want to know, you want to know, you want to know the stats? Both of those games, you know the stats we the felt SSG very games, in control or? and both. No, I'm saying both, both those games, the X, SSG game and the XX game. Statistically, we were not even fucking close to the other team. SSG's ratings Stats are way are better than you in that game. Yes. Yeah. But, but felt very in control of that game. Do you know who has the best cost in the league right now? Vert? Goddess. Oh, well, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. There you go. 83 cost. She, plays, she comes in one game. She comes off the bench, the fucking assassin. She comes in, she plays one game, and she's like, boys league? No. Let me show you boys how it's done. So there you go. She's the, she's the best cost in the league. You know who has the most plants in the game right now? Plants, plants in the league? Oh, my God. I, I can't say his name. Say it. But I know who. Say I it. do know who. Say it. I, my arch nemesis. Drip booling. Drip booling. Drip booling. He's the most plants in the game. Look at him. Look at the look at the photo he has on Siege GG. That's a very he's got the steely eyed determination, the little I'll curls from underneath Let his beanie. See. Pull it up. Look at that. You can't tell me that you don't see that image, and it just it make it chills, chills right now. Vertical's been the standout uh, standout performer for the entire league. Iconic is second in rating. It's actually a very diverse league. Like if you look at the at, in like in terms of the teams, there's a different yeah. team represented. The top five in ratings are all on five different teams. Same with KD. Entry is four teams. There's two from OXG. Cost is two Sonics, two OXG. Clutches, two for Parabellum. Rest are different. Plants, rest are different. This again, obviously goes to the point that was made about how competitive a league it is. We talked about Astralis a little bit. I agree with you. I think Callout's the secret message or secret weapon. But the thing that I don't like about Callout is he's too gracious we do, we do those interviews for content pieces in between matches, and when I interviewed Callout, I kept trying to get him to shit-talk the other teams, and he wouldn't fucking do it. Gotta lead by example. It was really irritating. He's like, he's like, look, man, because he's got like a little bit of a southern accent. He's like, I don't have a problem with any team in the league. I just, I'm out here to play my game. 
I'm out here to give the team the best results possible. I, I look, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about them. They're my friends. And I'm just like, dude, shut the fuck up and just be rude. My man. Like, stop being so nice. Why are you being so goddamn say, nice? He does have some people. And then Iconic's like screaming after a round, you're fucking dog shit. It's like, <laughs> you, some, some people, some people got to get cooked though. Yardy, Yardy's got to get cooked. Yeah. Hold on a second. Did Beast Coast beat you? No. I dropped like 14. Was that a was that a statement match? Oh yeah. I said in the huddle right before the game, I've never played for played never played a match that meant more. My honor was on the line. Dude, what would have happened to you if Yardy and Beast Coast had to beat you? That would have been tough. We wouldn't have made the major. That's true. That's true. And or, Beast, Beast Coast or, actually would have been really close to making the major if they'd beat you. Or or we wouldn't have lost a game after that. One I honestly other. think that if you'd lost to Yardy after all you said. I think if yeah. I lost to Yardy, I actually think we wouldn't have lost a game after that. I think I would have been so fucking pissed off. Really? I, I yes. feel like it kind of goes the opposite way where it's just like mentally you crumble. No? Do I do that? Slash said that mentally that they won the game. Probably. Yeah, they did. Yardy's probably in the in the shuttle over being like, dude, I just I know I know Troy's shaking. But, I know but, he's shaking. But this is a career ender game, here. But mentally we won the season because he lost and got eliminated from the major by Christian E Central Stats Gara. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. You go up against a Mirage, their superstar goes out, their coach comes in. And fucking ruins your major chances. Okay, but to be fair, have you seen how Mirage has been playing with Guerra on the team? I have. They've been playing better. They've been playing better. It's because they've been playing like idiots. Uh, so many of those rounds are just unstructured messes where they just overrun you and you have no idea what to do. And they're just bringing a blitz every other fucking round. And it's like the, the problem with a team like that, and you've... If anybody's been the victim of this, it's been you. When teams pull their brains out of their skulls, it's good for like a couple games because you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Are you going to counter strat a team that don't it have depends. any strats? It depends. I learned my lesson on that one. I learned my lesson on that one. So. Yeah, I heard Brazil's real nice this time of year. Yeah. Hey, I learned my lesson long ago on that one. I I think once you once you're well aware, once you learn that lesson. You should be fine. I'm I'm confident against teams like that now. Sure, it's not fun. It's fucking scary as hell playing against a team like that, but I definitely think you can control it if you're more aware of it. Melted looked really good in both those matches. Razor is a very talented player, um, and I'm, I'm eager for him to get back, but I think it really showed that you can unleash Melted as well. And I, yep. I got to be honest, I like Melted because I've known him for a long time. I've known him for like years because he used to play in the King George stack. Nice dude. Mm -hmm. Super cool guy. Um, but he always was overshadowed on Parabellum. And I gotta be honest, I was a bit of a doubter. I was like, yeah, he seems like a reliable player for like maybe like a middle to lower pack team. Yeah, he did and, good. And on, then his last two matches, I'm like, this guy's got some potential. Like, I think he could actually do well. Maybe he just needs confidence or a role swap. I don't know, but... Melted did significantly better, and I was I was like, yeah, let's go, man. Yes, sir.
He's a... You'd like to see it. <clears throat> you do. All right, next team. Oxygen. Obviously not much to talk about. They've they got a Newers and Dream. You think they're better than their uh, Yaga Kino days? Um, at the moment. At the moment. So, 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 I got, I got, I mean, I got thoughts about them always. Give me your thoughts. Um, but, uh, so one thing is, I mean, I mentioned before, I've always thought they, they're, they're some fucking honeymoon phase junkies over there. They always right? do that. Yeah. They, they did with Kino and Yaga, man. Like, they just fucking honeymoon phase. Yeah. Right in there. They love the honeymoon phase, but for the first time ever, they picked up an actual support player with Dream. So I do think that could be a difference maker. I love Dream. But that being said, their later half of the season looked a lot rockier than their first half, which concerns me because is it just another honeymoon phase thing or or have they, you know, got to figure it out? I don't want to, I don't want to unjustly shine a spotlight on one player. But you say that the latter half of their season, I wouldn't even say it's the latter half of the season, I would say their last three matches did not look as strong, and I think that's because all three of those matches, Newers played very, very poorly. I'd, I'd say the latter half, because it, it was even the two before that, they lost to SSG, and then they played Parabellum on Cafe, and yeah. it was way closer than it probably should have been. Like, yeah, they, they beat Parabellum like, 8-6. They six. literally had to, they had to claw it back, though, too. <laughs> yeah. I think they were down 6-3. Yeah, so they... Something like that. So their first game was a 7-4 victory over TSM. That was before we found out that TSM were uh, check stealers. They beat Astralis 7-3, which is a very impressive score, given what we come to expect. They beat Beast Coast 7-2, which I don't think is that impressive, just because Beast Coast was still finding their footing. I mean, Beast Coast beat Parabellum 7-5 and then took you to max OT, but at the same time, like, I think expectations for Beast Coast is, like, not that they're going to be able to keep pace with the top four right away. I think the Beast Coast roster has lots of potential, but I don't think immediately you're like, yeah, they're beating OXG, yeah, they're beating Astralis, this is normal. So that one's kind of like, whatever, I don't think you can gain a lot from that. They beat Mirage 7-2, no offense to Mirage, but that's been a pretty similar scoreline for them. Lost to SSG 5-7, to and that was the middle point of the season. So this is when you say it starts to go downwards, but they also have a significantly harder schedule. True. Like they they had like a pretty a significantly easier start to the season than they did end of the season. That's true. Like and and like I said, Newers also had his stats for the last three games of the season were not great. And he picked it up at what was it? What match was it that he picked it up in? I think it was the I think it was the Sonics match. He like finally woke up. But No. No, no, might no. Have been, might Sonic's have been match was easy. the one he started one and ten or zero oh and ten or whatever. It was. Yeah. So the Sonic, and then he finished with like eight or nine kills, though. Did he? I think so. I thought it was. I thought he finished with like three. I don't remember. I was the whatever one I was casting. He seemed to pick it up. He finished yeah, with four. He finished with like four. Yeah. So I mean, at least he did Seth, all right Seth when is, you're one in ten. Seth is also right. They definitely. Yeah. They had like four rounds where it was just like. Yeah. Five v two or something. Welcome to the NAL, though. So you think... True. You think that they've got an actual support player in Dream. Vert's yeah, been having is, a career season. Yes. I've always been a Vert fan. I always thought Vert's nasty. So, I don't know. Not that That's not surprising. I think, I think when Vert's not having a good season, I think it just means that the fucking... The team... The team plays off. 
I you like gotta be that setting la- that guy up. Like what a, you, you just gotta be. We always talk about Laxing's weird style of play. He hasn't been playing all that. No, he he's he been is, playing very he normal. Changes play style. Yeah, he he's definitely more normal. He's still, still not. He's still got he's still got his, his flair, quirks. but his quirks much 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 more normal. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. The team the team used to have like Fox A like to play for himself often and would kind of do his own thing. Um, Lax was Lax, and I feel like they're both playing a lot closer with the rest of the agree. team, which is nice. I would agree. I think that a player like Newers is, is an interesting one because he was very low on everybody's radar for a long time, and then he gets picked up, and people, you know, like, look at Yaga and Kino, and it was like, they talked about Yaga for, like, three fucking years until he finally made it to pro play, right? Like, Kino was quite highly touted as well, and people were like, who's yeah. Newers? I guess he's getting there. I don't know. Mechanically, he's nasty. I will say one thing about Yaga, and I didn't notice this until he was on Xset, mm-hmm. but I've been very impressed by Yaga this season, and I think it's because he's been in a like he's like their flex basically on Xset because yeah. like the the team that's around him, right? Like he's like basically like a veteran for that team, which is fucking crazy to say, but. In in terms of that team, he's like a veteran. Yeah. Um. But he's been playing like the flex, and I actually think I think he's a very smart player, just from like how I've seen him play the role. Yeah. And yeah, been uh, been pretty impressed. I want to clarify and, one thing. And for that the... was that was one thing that also like I wasn't sure about you because when I saw the replacement of Nuers, I was like, okay, yeah, like guy that can shoot for a guy that can shoot, whatever. But yeah. Now I'm seeing like. Yaga, Yaga might have something that I don't know. I don't know if Newers is replacing that. But that being said, I don't know if Yaga was really ever on that role on OXG. They just had him, you know, playing Finca. Right. I feel like there's very limited skill expression with Finca. Like you. Well, like mechanically, yeah. But like, there's nothing. You know, it's just that's that's the fucking cookie cutter entry role. It is. It's. When I say you can't really express your skill and you go, yeah, it's very cookie cutter, we are agreeing. Hope you understand that. Well, I mean, you can express your mechanical skill with all 100 of your bullets. That's not what I meant. Okay. What I meant is that the role that you play on, the operator that you play on, you're being being a jackass. You know what I'm saying. I'll drink my water. Okay. Got a hundred reasons for why you can express your skill. <laughs> if you reload, if you reload once, you get a failing grade. Like, um, one thing I wanted to clarify for chat is there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of like big names in here from like the T two and T three scene who are like, uh, actually no, we've known about Newers for a while. When I say nobody knows who Newers is, I'm talking about like the average Rainbow Six enjoyer. You pull like 95% of people who watch pro play and you say, hey, do you know who Newers is? And they're going to say no. The fact that you have like the scouting eyes on for the T2 and tier three scene and you've got like a fucking compendium of all of Newers accomplishments and you're like, well, you remember the aerial rise game where he dropped 19 kills? And f- this guy's a fucking T3 slayer. No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that for the fucking Jack and Sally 
who put on the TSM versus SSG match and watch one game of pro play a week. They're like, they who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, they're like, who the fuck is this guy? That's what they mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Love it when the people who like know everything are like, actually know everybody knows everything. It's like, oh my God. Anyway. Uh, exit. Kind of surprising. Yeah. Quite surprising. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I think, uh, I still think Bodega is a clown. Okay. But, but in the humorous sense, because he's done a good job, but he makes me laugh still. So he's a clown. <laughs> I, he put his money where his mouth is. I gotta say, like the guy, the guy talked a big game. Like, I agree. Came in, I and agree. no, made he made some people look foolish. The Brazilian gotta, takeover happens a piece. What do you think is going to happen to Exit at the major? Because they are, I. I want to say that they're the least experienced team on land, but then people are going to be like, Astralis. And I'm going to be like, okay, that's fine. But I also think that Astralis just as a team has been around longer. So I, I think they'll be okay. Mm, I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah, I guess as a team, yeah. But Exet does technically have more experience internationally. I know because of Kino and Yaga and Spirits. I know. And, and yeah. Budega. Yeah. Yep. I know so, people, people are going to do the bup, 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 And it's like, oh my God, shut up. Very true. As a team, Astralis but, have been around for a long, long, long time. Have they ever competed at a LAN? No. But these are guys that have been veterans of the scene for longer. Somebody just said Xset will get top 16. It's the type of chat that we have. There's only 16 teams there, you fucking clowns. I predict that they'll finish somewhere between 1st and 16th. Oh. Sorry for wrong. the NA League. They're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I don't know. I think they'll do. It's it's so hard to say though. Like there's a lot of teams that I think will do good. So keep in mind, this uh, is going to be the first time that that roster's playing best of threes. That's that's the big thing with like for me. Yeah, is why it's so difficult to like make a prediction with them or even with Astralis. Is like, okay, how how deep is their map pool really? Right? right, and that's a big part of it too. Is like you don't even know, like. When, when a new team's coming in, playing best ones, you don't even know what their map pool is, so you can't really target ban that much. Like, you, you kind of can, right? Like, you can make the assumption that Xset's probably good at Oregon, right? Yeah, well, it's the only... You know, they, they've they, played they, it once, and they won it. Well, that, and even beforehand, like, you kind of make the assumption, right? They had, you know, they have uh, Bodega's coach. He coached MIBR. MIBR was a good Oregon team. Yeah. They got Yaga and Kino, who are on OX3, who's really good at Oregon. They probably know how to play Oregon, right? Mm -hmm. And then they have skilled players, like, and it's a pretty, like, default map. Okay, you can make that assumption. But, like, outside of that, like, how, how many more maps can you assume that kind of stuff for, right? So, that's kind of hard to do in best of ones. So Astralis, here's, here's you could have maybe pool, made some assumptions. Here's their map pool for Exa. They played Bank twice. 50-50 record. Played Chalet twice, 50-50 record. Clubhouse twice, 50-50. This is for the audience! Okay. God! Bank, 50-50, they played it twice. Chalet, 50-50, played it twice. Clubhouse, 50-50, they played it twice. Villa, 50-50, they played it twice. Oregon, 100%, they played it once. So, I mean, they, they played five of the nine maps. But... 
you're looking at the five most standard maps in the map pool. There's no skyscraper there. There's no border there. There's no theme park there. You know, like, they haven't played cafe. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I agree with you. They, they play well on the classic maps. But even yep. then, like, best of threes, you have to account for other teams' map pools and the way that other regions well, that are going to play. Exactly. Like, you got four yep. maps you don't play. One of those is getting picked on you. Yep. You don't have a choice. Right. They're going to bring it out. And the thing is, is that... What are the maps that are missing? It's cafe is missing, border is missing, skyscraper is missing, theme park is missing. Theme. Sorry. Yeah, I was I was gonna say theme. And there's there's one more that I'm forgetting now, because I always forget uh, a nine map map pool. Um, a console that's not coastline. I always forget the fucking maps. What am I missing? I don't know. No, cafe, they play five because they. Cafe, sure. theme, uh, cafe, theme park, border. No, they got five that they played. Paper. They played chalet. Yeah, so that bank, is. Yeah, yeah, that is all nine. They played club. Yeah, it's all nine. They played Oregon. Yep. So yeah, so the four maps they haven't played are cafe and then the three new ones. Cafe yep. is a very staple map. Why have they not played it? Are they banning it all the time? Are they getting it banned against them? There's There are teams that are going to pull out a cafe on you unless you perma-ban it. Right? Like... I, I think that like skyscraper and theme park are a bit of a coin toss. There are some teams that really like just going absolutely fucking wild on border. I feel like Exec could be a good border team, but who knows if they play it, right? No comment. Well, I mean, if you scrim them, then you know the answer to that question, but it's, it was a rhetorical question. You don't need to be like, yeah, we actually scrim them and we beat them seven nothing. Yeah, you don't know their map pool, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry that I'm not... Every, everyone I'm not, knows their map pool. Come on. I'm sorry that I'm not intimately aware of the maps that they conceal and only bring out in scrims. How dare I? What do you think the result for... Uh, let's focus on the two new teams. Astralis okay. and Exet make it to the... Make it to the I keep on calling it the fucking Raleigh Major. Why, do, why have there been two fucking American Majors and they're both in the same fucking state? Like, anyway... Not even the same state. They're like, yeah, let's make it so that if you just stayed in Raleigh for the last three years, you could fucking drive there. Like, you could have start. You could, dude. You could have started the moment that the Raleigh major ended. You could have walked to Charlotte by now. You could have walked there in like a month. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, what do you think the uh, expectations are for Astralis and Exet, given that they're new teams? Their expectations. What do you think the expectations are? Like what I expect of them, or what? I think they expect of themselves. Right. Wait, you didn't answer. Either. I said, oh, I said, okay. what do you think of them? And what do you think that they, I mean, every team is going to go in being like, yeah, we want to win. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen? I, well, you, well, let's, let's actually wait and talk about this for the Charlotte Major thing because there's more, more to talk about. That's, uh, it's hard to say. Depends on the other teams. How many teams do we know? There's still a bunch more teams. We I think need there's to thirteen. Out, right? I think thirteen teams are. I guess we're on, we're only missing Europe, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. It's not that bad. Let's take a look. I don't know. Yeah, Do we, got thir we got we got thirteen again. I learned this trick from Parker. Hey. Better. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, we've got anything, um actually. I actually can't believe there are no Korean teams going. This is, I think this might be the first LAN that we've had without a Korean team since 
ever, actually. I think a Korean team has ever? made it. I think a Korean team has made it to every single LAN, yeah. What about first SI? That doesn't count. APAC wasn't a region at the time. Yeah, they were. They were not an officially... So the first SI, they were not an officially supported Envy region. Won. Remember, they, they, what? they gave Envy an invite for... That was it. Yeah. There's no Korean on the team. What was it? What first, was first SI that? doesn't count. I guess after that, yeah, like what? Man Mantis made it. Yeah. Mantis and Ainz were the first two APAC teams to qualify with APAC as a supporting region, which was, um, that was Sao Paulo, season six. Somebody said SI 2020 didn't have a Korean team. No, that's not true. Is it? Wait. What were the. Nora Ringo and Fnatic was there. I remember that. Was Nora Ringo there? Oh, yeah. No, no. There were no oh. Korean teams. Yeah, because it was... Fnatic was there. Fnatic was there. Wildcard was there. Uh, the Arrowwolf team, which was uh, Giants, were there. Mm. So, yeah, so I guess that was no Korean team. I could have sworn that uh, Mantis had made every SI. That was just bad memory on my part, but... Um, I actually thought they made that one, too. Yeah. Somebody's like, no Korean team at Tokonami. We're talking majors. Um, so before we get there, the only other two teams, well, there's three teams I want to talk about still. I want to talk about Beast Coast, just like your very basic impressions, because we had originally said that we thought that they had a, a pretty decent, like, skill ceiling. And I want to talk about Sonics and TSM, because obviously they both had a very bad stage. Okay. Talk about Beast Coast. So, Beast Coast. Trying to I slander mean, Yardy honestly, too much. I mean, my opinion hasn't changed much. I think Sweater is very good at the video game. Mm -hmm. Still think he's, you know, he's Sweater. Um, I think Surf has a lot of potential. I think I think Slash is good. I think Anthony's good. And Yardy, I don't think is... I, th I think there are better support options out there. So you mean the person who's planted the most diffusers of anybody in the entire NAL? Just saying. That's what you think? That's that's what I think. I'm hey, curious what his full stats are for the season. It's my, it's my opinion. He's he's minus 11, but his rating is positive. Your statistics aren't going to change my opinion. I don't give two fucks about statistics. I know the game. Sorry, are you saying that facts don't care about your feelings? And I'm telling you, that shit ain't cutting it. Plants are a team stat. Yeah, exactly. Even Slash is like, yeah, but Yardy's plants are plants are that important. <laughs> I honestly, man, I just like I like Slash a lot, yep. and I just like I want to see him do well, and I want to see his team do well. He's just like well, a nice to be guy. Fair, I, I think, I think that they're obviously doing good. Yes, I just, I do. I think you're slightly limited when you're heartbreach and. Diffuser carrier thinks he's like a fucking entry. That's all. There you go. I mean, like, I mean, like, to be fair, so like, Kino thinks that, but like, Kino, Yardy, you know, like, <laughs> come on, come on. For the people who don't have the visual component, right. they're not gonna have any idea what you just did. But it was, oh, it was great. Oh, true. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. They just need to. They just need to come on over and watch it on YouTube and see the that you were the scales of justice and the Kino Yardy scale. One was 
outweighing the other. <laughs> yeah. I the fact that Beast Coast were in the hunt for the major spot that, uh was is impressive. That was that was impressive. It's impressive. It was impre hey, hey man. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what I said. I'm pretty sure all my opinions before were just completely bashing Yardi. Not even the team. I oh, no, you just I, destroyed Yardi. You exactly. called him like a king idiot or something like that. And, and I, I Chief still Moron, have... I think. My opinion on the matter really has not changed much. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing is I'm not going to tweet at Yardi because I know he wants my impressions, and I ain't giving them to him. You just give them right? on here. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's not tagged in here. That's true. Yeah. Not yet. He's all, he's all about getting tagged. By the way, is there a guest next week? Hmm? He's not, but I wanted to see the look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways, opinion hasn't really changed on the matter. I think, honestly, Sweater did... I'm, I kind of knew Sweater was capable of that, but I did not... I didn't think he would perform that well right away, but mm -hmm. he did. Sweater popped up. Um, I was, I'm actually most impressed with Surf, Surf on that team. Surf is the person who's impressed me the most. Surf had a fucking crazy season, and I didn't mm -hmm. expect that. Like, I, I thought Surf was pretty good, but, like, he had a fucking crazy season. Yep. So, yeah. He's not that far off of Sweater's stats either. So, I mean, no. it's, you know, like, Sweater's got 84 kills. He's plus 14. Surf's 79 kills plus 9. You know, Surf's cost is a little bit better. Yep. That's about it. Like, Surf has really impressed think, me. I do think, uh, like other uh, newer teams, I think map pools can be exploited. Oh, after, for sure. Uh, after figuring some things out about them. So I think their second stage will be tougher than their first. I just, that's, that's just the nature of a, a new team. I think... The first stage is way easier than the second. That's how it goes. Well, you, they don't know who you are. The first couple games are easy because it's like you can't counter strat them. You don't know how they're going to play. You don't know what their map pool is. They've got a couple yeah. times where it's like against a team like you or a team like SSG or Sonics or TSM. It's like you know somewhat, you know their map pool. Yeah. You know some of their weaknesses. And even if you don't know their map pool, there's three new maps that are a total coin flip, right? Like, so. Exactly. East Coast impressed me. Uh, the teams that not impressed me, TSM and the Sonics. TSM, let's start with them. What the fuck happened? I don't really know. I mean, they've, from like interviews and stuff they've said, sounds like uh, a little burnout action, which that happens. Happened in SSG? Yep. They had a long grind up to SI. Them and they've been going through it the whole year before that, so I could only imagine. Um, yeah, and not to mention, like, so they like they felt burnt out. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they took the longest break out of any team after SI, leading up to the to the new stage, and with you know the huge map pool changes with repick getting added. That's like. I don't know. Yeah. It was you, a big... You, fall it, you can fall behind pretty quickly. I mean, that's what the Sonics even said, right? Like, they prepped for the new yeah. maps. They forgot their fundamentals. I also think that there's that mental component to it as well. You know, 
trying not to look too much into the body language and all of that. But it's like TSM, when they get on the stage, they don't look like themselves. They look just like mentally defeated immediately. They look super unenthused. Olo in particular, who doesn't usually show a ton of emotion, just looks like he does not want to be there. Which, with the stats this season, like, I, I don't blame him. Yeah. You know? Um, the other thing with Bolo, too, is that because of how large TSM's fan base is, and a lot of that is his fan base... It's a lot of pressure. It's a ton of pressure, and I can only imagine... I can only imagine what, like, his streams are like, and his Twitter mentions are like after a bad game. Because it's just... It, G2 used to talk about this, and I mean, so you can ask Nick about it. It's like they'd lose a game and it's like their fans just torch them to the ground. Yeah. And those fans are garbage. And they're shit and they're not a real fan. Happens to Liquid too in Brazil. It happened to Nip, which is partially why Julio deactivated his social media for like a day or two just to get away from it. Fans are... So those, those types of fans are super fucking weird. But... I agree. But I can only imagine that for TSM. It's like... It just it kind of compounds it. It's like you get... You lose your confidence and it's just like you kind of get snake bitten. And then a lot of times you try too hard because you're like, oh, we're, we're so bad. And then it just, it's got to reset. I, I don't like this TSM roster, just one SI. This is not a squad that is suddenly the worst in NA. I have, I strongly feel they will bounce back, but it, look at the start of the season for TSM, right? They lost to OXG 4-7. They beat Xset which is good. Then they lose to Mirage, which no offense to Mirage. That was like, people were like, holy shit, that's embarrassing. Uh -huh. They lose to SSG. They lose to DZ. At that point, they are now one in four. They understand that their shot at going to the major is effectively over. Yeah. You know, other than, other than fighting for SI points, which is a very valid reason to continue trying. After that, they go one and seven to Astralis. They go two and seven to Beast Coast. They beat Parabellum and then they lose to Sonics with the greatest player of the NAL this stage in terms of cost. Lauren Goddess Williams playing. Mm -hmm. So for Seth Hoffman on uh, on Twitch. Yeah, whatever he was doing. So, I mean, if I'm TSM, it's just I'm I'm kind of treating the last couple games as like, what the fuck do we need to fix? Let's try to work on this. These are just live scrims at this point. Right? Yeah, the I mean, basically, I'm sure they were trying to salvage points, but oh, of course, it's it's hard. It's hard to feel motivated like that. And I mean, even in my experience, it's after you've played at like big events like that and especially after you've won them i people people even commented on it about me but like you'll see me play like nal like i don't get i do i did it at the end mm -hmm. the ssg match like when it's like down to the fucking wire but it's hard to get as into it yeah as as you do in an event i had this conversation with monty and doa um <clears throat> which is a very weird thing. Go back three years and watch me say that out loud. And I'd be like, wait, what the fuck? What are they doing in Rainbow Six? Anyway, mm -hmm. I had the conversation with Monty and Doe and we were talking about the NA finals last year, right? You guys versus the Sonics. And it was what? It was yep. SSG and OXG were the other two teams, right? Yep. And 
we were just kind of talking about it and they kind of when they were doing interviews and they were doing questions and stuff like that they were kind of stressing the importance of it because they come from league where like the lcs finals are actually a huge deal look at what just happened like well, yeah. what was it last weekend you know they they went down to they went down to texas there was thousands of people in the crowd and it was everywhere yeah and people were like this is fucking insane but whereas it's like the na finals most of the NA teams don't even give a shit. Like, I remember USN. Half the teams would go to USN and just be like, yeah, we just go on a free trip to Vegas to drink. And it's like, you'd play in USN and then people would like, fuck off and lose immediately and they'd be like, it's party time and they just don't give a shit. They couldn't care less. And I was talking to Monty and Doa about it and I was like, the only team that really seemed to care about the NA finals was the Sonics. Like, even when I talked to you at SI, you were like, yeah, we weren't going into the NA finals with like, the expectation to win. Like we wanted to try out some stuff. We were kind of treating it as like a proving ground and to like see how we did and then like prep for SI. And when I talked to SSG and OXG, they kind of said the same thing. They're like, yeah, it's the NA league finals. Like who cares? And yep. obviously, honestly, Sonics cared a lot and they made their mark on the event, but it's just like, well, how do you get teams to care about like NA interregional competition when you look at like league and you have the LCS finals being huge and then you look at like the NA league finals and teams are just like, we don't care. We just want to go to a major and win. Yeah. Cause it's just like the importance of a major and like the difference of the prize pool there. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get, I guess part of it is almost like stigma that's been placed on it. Right. Is like teams basically get roasted unless they've won an international land. Right, like. Well, I also think it helps that NA is competitive at an international level in Rainbow Six, whereas they are absolutely not in League of Legends. <laughs> right. True. So true. So like, that's LCS finals are pretty much the only thing that NA League is ever going to win. That's true. <laughs> so that that's actually a very fair point. But yeah. I think so. A big part of it has always been the timing of it too, is that it's right before SI basically. Yeah. So. Like, I actually don't think it was as bad this year. Because um, it was a bit earlier. Yeah. I want to say. This is November. Yeah, it was like three months. It was like end of November, beginning of December. It was like three months before yeah. SI, two months before SI. I think either way, but I, I think the timing of it felt a bit better. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think teams take it seriously, but it's been like hit or miss. Like, there was. When I was on SSG, not the USN, because the US only won. We like we're a new team. We we're trying to prove ourselves. And I will say, actually, the the US finals, we lost Sonics. I mean, like obviously, we're trying. We cared. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like a. We got to fucking win this event. This is a huge deal. It was a. This is a like a good time to play. You know, best of threes against good teams. That are in going a, to in, SI. In a serious environment, yeah. yeah, and, like, continue to improve because we just got fucking smoked at the Sweden major, right? Like, we want to improve more. Yeah. So for that sake, it was it was great for us. But, yeah, like, as as far as, like, the prestige of the the event, yeah, it's not it's not the same. And, and it even felt the same, like, on SSG when we won USN, it was the same thing where it was, like, we wanted to win. We wanted to use the event to like continue to improve. Well, USN but... fucking sucked ass anyway. It was a stupid vanity project that shouldn't have ever existed. All right. USN was what like 
I'm sorry. I, I just, I remember when ESL approached us and they're like, yeah, they want to do USN. And I'm like, how does it differ from NA Pro League? And they're like, oh, yeah. Canadians can't compete. And I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, that's it. And they're like, yeah, they're going to have a whole different league structure. It's going to be on Friday nights, which means that you have no social life. Uh, and then the teams that are competing in Pro League for spots to go to majors and finals will then also have to compete in USN for one event at the end of the year. And I was like, this is completely fucking worthless. Why are you doing this? I was like, why don't you just like have some kind of like internal seeding for NA Pro League and then like at the end of the year take like the top four teams from like the cumulative year and then just have like them play at a land. Like I don't get why you're doing like why you why are you essentially doing like a second NA Pro League? And then I remember reading like some internal memo from like the person whose brainchild this thing was. And then they're like, we want it to be seen as on par with pro league. And I'm like, bro, you've got like, you've got like teams of like tier three shitters jumping out of fucking windows, playing up against like rogue who are not trying at all. I got in trouble once because in somebody in Twitch chat, it was like rogue versus some team that was literally thrown together for USN. And rogue two owed them. I think rogue dropped a single round. It was like, it was like 14 to one or 12 to one. And I, somebody in chat was like, asked a very honest question. They're like, in a situation like this, does rogue actually try their hardest? And I responded being like, no, <laughs> like I was like, I was like against lower tiered teams. Rogue isn't going to be busting out all of their best strats. Um, I was like, you know, they're, they're obviously not going to lose or at least try to lose, but they're going to take it easy. Maybe try to refine some things. But other than that, like, no, if you can save your best, then you're going to do that. And somebody who doesn't work at Ubisoft anymore, like literally screen capped that and sent like an email to all of like ESL and was like, can we not have our casters disparage our leagues? And I just fucking cracked up laughing. And I was like, this is such a joke. Anyway, USN was USN was a stupid fucking league. And you can quote me on that. I'm very glad that they were like, USN is stupid. Let's just make it be one NA thing again. And I was like, yeah, so, I would agree. No, would super. Agree. No, he absolutely doesn't. It also, it, it, no, it wasn't somebody who's, I, they're not even in esports anymore. So, there was a very short journey in esports. Anyway, yeah, USN was like the USN, US Nationals finals didn't seem like they had any real like weight to them. And then it was the fact that it was run by a completely different team. Um, and as was pointed out by Diamondback, it's like, the U.S. Nationals were the same. Like, they didn't connect you to anything. You didn't get anything for them. It literally was like, you got a trophy for a league that was created to give you a trophy. And then you got a little bit of money. Very true. And that your match was preceded by the U.S. Navy versus the U.S. Air Force. So, that was it. Yeah. It was, it, I, I enjoyed playing at the events, but yeah. they. I enjoyed drinking they at the much. events. They don't mean much. And yeah, it, the U.S. finals doesn't feel a ton different because, again, for the NA same finals. reasons, it's like I mean, we have to NA be, finals. Sorry, we have to be very sorry, careful sorry. with the NA branding finals. here. Sorry, NA oh, finals okay. doesn't feel a lot different, and for the same reasons, like yeah, it's not tied to SI. Like you don't get more SI points. It's not going to affect you going to SI. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like you pointed out, it's the proximity, right? The biggest event of the year is in February. You want to do a conclusion of the year prior in December, that's fine. 
but realize that every team that's qualified for the six invitational has one thing on their mind yeah. and it's doing well at SI. And if that means absolutely torpedoing a regional finals to then do a TSM and win SI, TSM didn't even Teams fucking do it. TSM didn't even fucking make it to the NA league finals. Like, yeah. So it's just, yeah, I, I think that there's very much a way to do like an NA finals that works. And I like the NA finals, like the system that we had. My criticisms, by the way, that I said were stupid was the USN, which is a system that doesn't exist anymore. The current system that we have, I honestly do think that there is a way for us to make the NA league finals like matter more than a lot of the teams see it. But I just also feel that we have enough events. We have four majors a year. Another thing that league doesn't have is four huge events. They have two, they have MSI and they have worlds. And that's yeah. the only time you see like international teams play each other. So anyway, I agree. I don't really want to talk about the Sonics actually, because the Sonics have talked about it enough on their own. If you just want to give like a passing thought they're they said that they played poorly because they focused too much on new maps. Fair. I, I, yeah, I think a map will shake up. I think affected things and they didn't, they didn't look like themselves really. Yeah. I will say that. So, and also, to be also fair, like with Sonics and TSM performing worse, and then even SS3 not making it, like at the end of the day, teams stepped up, like Xset and Astralis both stepped up and actually played really well. Yeah. Right. And Beast Coast being in the running as well. So I think, yeah. I think obviously that's a part of it as well. If we did, by the way, if we did an NA finals right now with the top six teams where it's you give a buy to Astralis and OXG and then you have Dark Zero play Beast Coast and Xset play Space Station and then the winners play Astralis and OXG in the next bracket, I actually think that would be a really fucking good event. Yeah. I honestly think that. I was just, I'm still but sorry. Again, I'm still but, then the, I, but then again, like the time, like what the timing, do that, yeah, right? The timing. We do that when right do now. Do we got, we got a major in two weeks. I don't give a shit about this then. And there's no neat time to do like a halfway mark. Cause there is no halfway point of the year. There's three stages, right? Like there's 27 play days. So when do you choose to do it? I mean, I suppose you could do it in, in the fall slash winter, whenever stage three ends, but you've also got like presumably keeping to the same timeline. We have another major and that's probably gonna be in November. So yeah, you, you have to do it. You would have to do it right after November major, but then even then, right. Yeah. All of a sudden a team that performs well, at the November major may give less of a shit about mm -hmm. that finals now because you know, they just grinded through a tournament. Yeah. They're happy with how they place there. They want a little break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is also entirely possible that what I referenced about like that little tournament, that you could do that to determine the major, right? Six teams go in, the two teams that finish go to the major. I don't know. Or four teams that go to the major. I don't fucking know. Anyway, I don't care. Um, do you want to talk about any of the other teams? I don't really think all the other teams seem like they've been talked to death. Like Parabellum is like they exist. Mirage just obviously had a, a lackluster season. SSG is like competitive, but they're having some issues. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's a ton to add. Um, I think. I think you summed it up pretty well there. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh so this is time for region roundup. So let's go to the other regions, which I admittedly I find it a lot harder to keep track 
of the other regions in comparison to NAL. There's a lot of Rainbow Six now. There is. Like when I was, I got to say like once we, once we moved out of Poland, my ability to keep track of like the top level is, uh, has greatly decreased. Super wants to know if you and Rampy have any sexual tension with each other. Can't say so. There you go. Um, so right now, uh, Copa Elite Six, uh, teams that are not from Brazil went in and they did not do well, which is a shocker. The the gulf, the gulf between the like other Latin America teams in Mexico and in the rest of South America versus the Brazilian teams is not a gulf. It's a fucking canyon. Um, and it, I mean, it sucks because it would be cool to see like an Argentinian or a Chilean or a Mexican team actually make it. But yeah. it's just like you are just you're just fed to the, you know, the, the meat grinder of every other Brazilian team. And yeah, there might be a fluke map or two, but other than that, it's like the Brazilian teams are almost oh, always in control. It's, like it's going to be tough to make that. Yeah. At least they get a shot. That's true. But yeah. Uh, W7M suffered their first major loss, which was against Team Liquid in the upper bracket finals. Guess what? The rematch is Liquid versus W7M. Is it uh, tomorrow? Uh, I think it's tomorrow. Yep, it's in 20 hours and 44 minutes from now. So it is it is May 1st at noon Eastern. The rest of you can all do your own math for that one. Um, They're like, yeah, Pampas almost beat Furia. And it's like, yeah, except they seven of them on border, second map, and then theme park was a coin flip. But it's yeah. true. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't even follow enough. I think that was yeah. going on the same time as our match against Sosa Street. I've always found it tough to keep track of Brazil and then to make matters worse, you know, they got rid of the English broadcast, which I think is a huge mistake. Um, I understand that it's probably like a budgetary thing. I actually don't know why they got rid of the English language broadcast for BR6 and Copa Elite. Um, it would be an incredible opportunity to give up and coming casters a shot. Like if they like Jay-Z Wills and Lynx and CDAPs and Cookies have all been yanked in from NA Challenger League to do NA League, and I think all four of them did an extremely good job. Why don't you do BR6 English cast, and you know what? Yeah, you can have guys like Demo and XR Troika, who already have tons of experience, do the cast, but then also say, hey, Jay-Z, Wills, and, and Lynx, you did such a good job, we want you to do two shows for BR6 in English. Guess what? They get better experience, they get better exposure, they increase their own stock as casters, there are two very eager voices to lend themselves to the broadcast. And guess what? It makes it a lot easier for us to follow along. But I digress. I hate money and I hate that things cost money. It's a never ending loop. Um, W7M has been, has been really, really strong. There are obviously yes. some names that are missing. Team One Esports is not your father's Team One anymore. Uh, obviously, a lot of teams are a lot of upheaval Sh on that team. It's Lagotness and a supporting cast. Shout, shout out to him for that, though. Dude, Lagotness, the, the whole squad up and left him. Yeah. And this man so was like, far, not today. So far, he's the only motherfucker there that made it. Alamau can still make it. Most likely, they make it, right? I don't know what like the situation is there. Isn't there a, there a chance like they, lo they lose to BDS and don't make it? Uh, G2 is currently, like, so like G2's currently in second happened? place. But Rogue is in fourth with 13 points. And Looking for Org is in fifth with 13 so points. dependent... It's dependent on those results. Like they'd have to lose to BDS and then both those teams win. 
I mean, right. it, I think round differential is the number one tiebreaker. So if they lose to BDS and LFO wins and Rogue wins, then G2, Rogue, and LFO all end with 16 points. So then it comes down to round differential. If G2 loses like a nail biter to BDS, let's say they lose 7-5, their round differential goes from a plus 8 to a plus 6. If if LFO and Rogue win in OT, for example, and only win by one round, then Rogue finishes plus six and LFO finishes plus four, which means that LFO is out and Rogue and G2 make it. The chances of G2 not making it, essentially, essentially two things need to happen. G2 needs to get absolutely fucking bodied by BDS and only win like one or two rounds and both Rogue and LFO need to win their matches. Oh, so... They have to get bodied. Yeah, so the likelihood of G2 okay. missing the major is very, very slim. Okay. Um, it's it's possible because They're then what would happen? BDS. What would happen is BDS. So BDS beats G2 and BDS finishes second. Um, Rogue plays uh, heroic. Heroic isn't really playing for anything at this point, so heroic could just sandbag and give Rogue three free points. And then LFO is playing pawns, and pawns are fucking awful because. Team Empire decided to make the dumbest move I have ever seen in Rainbow Six history, which is drop the second best roster of all time. But that's, I don't want to get into that. I guess I'm just going to get mad. So yeah. it's almost surety that LFO is going to beat Pones because Pones are fucking terrible. Um, so LFO is going to win. How much? By how much? That's the question. If G2 loses to BDS and they get bodied and both Rogue and LFO win their matches and do really well, then G2 cannot make it. But the likelihood of G2 missing the major is like, you're going to need like, you're going to need to thread the thinnest of needles for G2 to somehow not make it. Also, some people got really angry when I was like, yeah, Empire's the second best roster of all time. Somebody was like, ah, no, the, the Penta roster was number one and the G2 roster was number two. And I'm like, they're the same roster, fucking rosters, you Come dimwits. On, Holy shit. Some of these, I honestly think some of these people don't have brains. It's just, it's literally just like a half-baked potato in between their ears. Anyway, Heroic. Have you watched any of Heroic? Let's talk about them for a second. A little bit. Uh, honestly, I think EU is probably the one I've missed, like haven't been able to watch the most. I mean, I guess that in APAC. Yeah. I've watched Brazil the most just because I think they, they plan Saturdays are one of their days, right? Yeah. yeah. So I have a day off, so I'm, I get to watch, no problem. Um, but EU ones I've I've missed a bit more of. Uh, but honestly, heroic, I've I've thought for a while that they've been pretty solid. Um, I since I scrimmed them, I think it was SI twenty twenty one. We scrimmed them mm -hmm. uh, when we when we were there, uh, just playing online, and I was impressed by they had Kendra on the roster then, and even that like then I was I was impressed by how they played, and then. Obviously, Uno coming back, and what a fucking season! Come back, new first new team qualifier for the major, new clean org. fucking season. Yeah, pick new up org, Benja, pick up Uno. Yeah, they've been good. They've been solid. But yeah, they they yeah. have really good players. And for, uh, for people who don't know, that's the old Kavana roster. For yes. people who haven't followed along. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't have a ton to say about them right now. I mean. I like the guys on the team. Mr. Officer is uh, is another clown. Do you See, not like clown, him? Clown isn't a bad thing. You no, like he just makes me laugh. I like him. He's a clown. 
Iconic is a clown. Bodega is a clown. Mr. Office is a clown. I feel like, they're though, clowns. I feel like saying they're having clown fun. They're just, they're comes just with negative having... connotation. I know it kind of does. Not really. Okay. They're, out, they're up there having a good time entertaining the people. Right. I think Mr. Officer is, is kind of a nice dude. You see, Yardy's not... Okay, Yardy, Yardy's a clown, but Yardy's like... Is okay, Yardy nice? Yardy's extra negative connotation clown. So he's a bad clown. Bad clown. Okay. I'm still laughing. By the way, me saying that about... I'll, I'll, um, I'll stop saying the clown shit, okay? They're, they're not clowns. They're not clowns. Me saying that, by the I way, got, about um, the people who were like, and G2 and Penta were different rasters. Somebody got very upset in the chat. And I just want to say that if you got upset by that, that you are a loser. And that I very much enjoy how upset you got by it. What, what, what should I call them? Court jesters? Is that better? Like, they're... That's actually a you, tough question to be... They, to they be have, that, I, mean, they, I, like, I know what you're saying. They, they have antics. Yeah. They have antics. They yeah. do. Yeah. There's no denying it. They'll, I'd assume they'll okay, admit so it. Okay, when, so when you say, when you say clown, I though, like, them. I see a clown as somebody who just is like a, just like a sucker for abuse, who's just like, they're like, clown is not a good term. If you want to say, if you want to no, say, no, if you want to say clown, but in a good way, I would say they're a character. They're a character. They're like character. Mr., Mr. Officer, he's a character. That guy's a character. Yeah. And I go. don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think but you say it, it's, it's a very character. neutral term. All right. No more clowning. I mean, you can call them a clown if you want to call it. There's a distinction to be made. Some can be clowns and some can be characters. That's the way it works. All right. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, EU has been very exciting to watch. Um, it's been, I mean, it's kind of mirrored NA. People are like, oh, EU is so competitive. And it's like, there were six teams in the hunt. There's seven teams in the hunt for a major spot with two play days left or three play days left or whatever. Like, yeah, NA was quite competitive too, and obviously EU looks competitive because second place is sixteen points, I think, and sixth place is twelve. Obviously, like, so there's still seventeen on the last play day. There's six teams that are competing for the final three spots. I think the big reason that it's maybe not getting as much hype is a lot of the teams that are competing for spots aren't like, I don't know, like the super story because you yeah. literally lost like. What's currently, well, what currently would have been Europe's like most storied team? Yeah, right. Like G two isn't G two isn't fucking G two anymore. G two's not G two. They're they're a fa fan favorite, but like, yeah. uh, right now, like BDS is their most storied team, and it would have been I mean, Empire, I, but they're gone. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it was I think the old Empire squad was. I, no, I, no, I, I'm I think... saying now currently it is because the old Empire squad's yeah not there. I think there's a so couple like, couple things with EU, but I'll I'll jump in after you're done your point. Sorry. It's just there's, I feel like there's not as much interest in like the teams that may and may not make it just because they're all kind of newer teams, right? Yeah. Harug made it; they're a new team. Sure, it's great, but like, it's not the same level of hype, I guess, as like, and especially with the teams that might make it, it's like there's not the same level of hype of like LFO barely making it as like for NA, right? It was like. Literally between us and SSG playing the last match to decide who makes it, and both of us are teams that have made like every major. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things with Europe. I think number one, obviously, the global conflict that's going on over there, I think, does kind of overshadow all of this. 
I think that's I think that's something that's fair to say. And I mean, obviously, that real world events also had an impact with both Outsiders and Pones being unable to play under their regular names. Mm-hmm. Outsiders being Virtus Pro, Pones being Team Empire. Um, I think that the season starting off with Empire dropping that roster kill it. Honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. It literally killed my interest in watching EUL. I after SI, I was like, okay. Here's the landscape. G2 has a whole new roster. They've imported Ali Mao. This is going to be exciting to see how it goes. A lot of people don't like Ali Mao's antics. A lot of people think that he talks too fucking much. He whined nonstop after SI 2022. There are so many people who want to see him get knocked down a peg. But that's going to be great because he's just going to suck it up and he's going to use it to be stronger and it's going to be a great storyline. You've got Empire, who yet again fall short of winning SI they're going to be super hungry. And at the time they were going to make a potential, some, some moves to the team or move to the team rather. And then the team ended up making a move, which dumped their four best players. Uh, you've got, uh, you got BDS who were the first team eliminated from SI 2022. They're going to be coming back with a vengeance. And then you've got like this Kavana gaming roster getting picked up by Heroic, they're all kind of newer players that people don't really know about, then they add Uno to the roster, and it's like they've got a ton of potential. EU was so exciting, but then Vitality leaves. It's like now you've got now you've got LFO. You've got three orgs in Europe that aren't orgs. You've got a lot of big names either playing on bad teams or outright retiring, and then you've got the Empire debacle. And it's like, so now what do you have? You have... Uh, a European league that is very fractured by region. You've got an EU league where a lot of the big personalities are not on top teams anymore. And then, of course, you've got the fact that there's three orgs that people don't care about and aren't really there to cheer for. And arguably the first or second most popular team in Europe just all literally got dumped. And now they're all just free agents. And after all of that happened, I was like, I don't really care about what happens in the EU league. Like, I'll watch it because... I enjoy it, but it's like, I don't have any interest in like the storylines. The only thing I like is I like Uno and Kanto doing well again. That's it. That's all I care about right now in EU. That's literally it. I kind of agree. Yeah. It's definitely just doesn't feel as, uh, as exciting. Yeah. It definitely, it just kind of feels like, eh, we're waiting for things to return to normal for EU to get back on the same footing. Yeah. Uh, LATAM is exciting for all the reasons I've, I've always considered LATAM to be a very exciting region. Um, yep. Seeing, you know, MIBR do well. I was not super hot on MIBR at SI. I thought that out of all the final teams, MIBR was like the one team that I just did not care about. I, I didn't think their storyline was very compelling. I, I don't know. But now that, you know, they're, they're back to the team that they, a lot of people they think played, they are. They literally played in the open quals at the event. Yeah. What? So. What's not compelling about that storyline? Lots of teams. Lots of teams. Hey, man, I didn't care about Parabellum two years ago and they won the NA quals. Sometimes you just don't care about teams, man. You're going to it's not going to affect how you cast them. It's not going to affect how you how you cheer for them. It's not going to affect the the casting or anything like that. It's just like if I was if I was not a caster and I was sitting and I was sitting watching SI, there are obviously teams I don't care about. This is I'm sure you also don't care about certain teams if you're like. Right. Not to mention the fact that like if I've obviously always wanted to cast Brazil winning, we did that back at, in Mexico. Team one is, was an exciting team. You know, it's like I've, I've 
been invested in Brazil for so long that it's it's hard for me to shake my I've been casting Nip Liquid and Phase since the dawn of time. And now all of a sudden it's like MIBR is competing for my attention. And I'm like, no. I my love for Brazil only goes so far. Like I can't I can't spread around that much. So if people in chat are like, Terry hates Brazil. I have cheered for more Brazilian teams than probably any other region. So you're you're pinheads. Um Copa Elite's going on. Uh right now, obviously the four Brazilian teams that actually competed made it. Team one, Furia, W7M, Team Liquid. They're going to Charlotte. Uh APAC. Let's talk about this briefly because it's 3:30, and then we can pivot towards the rumors and uh you see the the fiasco with APAC and Ping and teams showing up late and do you read that so, whole I mean not much. I didn't read much. I like I saw people were outraged. Yeah. I heard it has to do with online, ping, people late. Like I, I don't know any details, really. I just know people weren't happy. Yeah. But I didn't follow enough to, to actually really know. Well, I they had to play on like a VPN or something like that, so they were trying to play on like the same ping. MSI is doing the same thing right now in League, by the way. They're all going to be playing on 35 millisecond ping because um, the LPL teams can't come because of COVID. So it's just like, look, you want to have an APAC playoffs with teams that are competing from Malaysia and from Japan and Korea and Singapore and Australia you're like have an in-person event and if you can't have an in-person event find a way to do it that doesn't involve playing online i'm sorry like watching teams try to equally play against each other at a hundred plus ping is not a proper competition in my eyes it just is not like there are so many handicaps present that none of these teams had to compete with under normal circumstances there isn't a single team at that event that is playing at a hundred percent so people would argue okay well you want to do points Points to determine which four teams from APAC go. Well, how do you determine that? Shouldn't there be an APAC playoffs? I would rather see inter-regional points determine what teams go than two regions competing against each other on ping that is inconsistent and teams that are potentially better are not playing better on a system that they had no idea that they were going to be playing on and couldn't prep for. So I, I don't know. I just... I would have liked to have seen it just not be like an international event unless they could do the, the old APAC lands where they all flew them out, right? To like Sydney or whatever. And then yeah. they'd all play in Australia and it would be great. And then they'd go home. Obviously COVID doesn't allow that to happen at this moment. So find a way to do it online where you don't have teams playing each other online at a hundred plus ping. I just, I don't know. I don't, I didn't like all this shit I saw online and I think it could have been handled better. Yeah. That's yeah. actually, yeah. 160 ping for a team. Like, yeah. That yeah, shit. they were saying that with like the VPN and stuff like that, felt they were playing on like 200 ping. And then there's that one clip going around from, I think it was Sandbox, where it's like he's fully crouched behind a wall and still dies because on the other player's screen, he hits the head before the dude's even crouched. And it's like, I actually just smashed my computer to pieces. That would be, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. Yeah. The teams that are going, by the way, are Cyclops from Japan, Direwolves uh, from Malaysia. No, not Malaysia. Chiefs. Taiwan. Taiwan? Yeah, Taiwan. Uh, Chiefs. Uh, coming from Australia and then Elevate, who are uh, are coming from Thailand. I saw the Thai I saw the Taiwanese flag and I thought it was Malaysia for a second there, but it was just my brain not working. Three Korean teams, by the way, of the uh, of the eight teams, and none of them 
got a spot, including Damwon Kia, who got 2 owed by the Chiefs in the lower quarterfinals. What happened to Damwon Kia? They, was, they were playing so well at the start of SI, and then just like we literally watched their trajectory point downwards in real time, and then here we are. I think they're a little predictable yeah. as a team. And I think that's just, that's naturally going to uh, kind of stale out and whatnot. I mean, they finished first in APAC. They finished first yeah, in APAC North. I yeah. I also, I just wouldn't read too much into it. Like, I'm going yeah. to be honest. That sounds like a Mickey Mouse format. And that's some bullshit. Oh, and not LaMickey. That's, Come that's, on, dude. That's not, that's not even to discredit teams. That's just like, like, who, like, are you supposed to take anything from it? Like, win or, win or lose, like, even if Dan Wong won, might be some bullshit, right? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. That, that That's very hard to judge when when teams are playing on 120 ping difference. Like, that, you're not even playing the game anymore. Yeah. I mean, you just, you so. get so used to playing on, like, some level of consistency with that ping, right? And then all of a sudden, it's not only do you need to play against a region with a completely different play style... This was something that that old Fnatic team talked about, you know, Fnatic before they picked up that almost entirely full Japanese roster back when they still had the Australian team. They were playing in APAC North, but they were playing on ping. So they were playing mm -hmm. from Japan or they were playing from Australia against teams on servers in like Japan and Korea. So the APAC teams that they're playing against are having significantly lower ping. And they're just swinging you and you're not even showing up. They're not even on your screen. Yeah. Like, what do you do, right? So, I I don't know if there is a solution. I don't envy ESL. I'm assuming it's ESL who ran it. I'm not, I don't envy ESL, and I don't envy Ubisoft for trying to come to some kind of resolution, but I would have just done it where it's like, you give two spots to the top two teams in APAC North, and you give two spots to the top two teams in yeah. APAC South, or however it worked, and that's it. And hey, I mean, the representation would have actually been... <laughs> Very different because Damwon Kia and uh, who now go by Damwon Gaming. I don't know why. Like we were told to call them Damwon Kia, but now they're all their branding says Damwon Gaming. I don't know if the sponsorship has ended. I, maybe it's just me not knowing how to read. But uh, Damwon Kia and Talon Esports would have been the two teams to go from APAC North, and uh, for APAC South, it would have been Direwolves and Elevate. Which Direwolves and Elevate made it. So, yeah, but so been... but so did Chiefs, right? So. It's and Cyclops wouldn't have made it. So I'm all about Cyclops making it though. I want to see Why? Cyclops versus Astralis. And I want to see AI Gator and Dave going at it. I think it'd be so funny. Tell me that wouldn't be funny. What just I Gator yelling is a at character. Gator? Okay. Yes, yeah. and AI Gator yelling back. I Gator might be my like my favorite player to watch on stage. Yeah. He is too funny. I love him. My only issue with Cyclops, and, and I know that this is going to piss some people off, is that they have, with the exception of Mexico, they are just, they are, they're not freebies, but it's like, they're, they're just having a good time, man. They're not, they're not competitive. Mexico is the only event where they've really been competitive and they still didn't make it out of groups. Like, I know we talk about how APAC needs more experience, and they absolutely I, do. APAC needs more international events. But when you, you see teams making it out of groups from APAC consistently, it's like, how many events do Cyclops need to go to until they finally make it to the top eight? 
I'm not I'm not trying to say this because I like the Cyclops guys. I like the players on the team. I think they're I think they're nice and I'm glad that they make it. But it's just like they come to major events and they never make it out of groups. Their best shot of making it out of groups came where the direct end result was the freakiest tiebreaker scenario we've like ever seen in esports. When team one had to win 7-2 and then won 7-2 and then won the rematch. Like I don't know. I just, Seth is like, they are competitive. I mean, I mean, competitive, not round by round. I mean, game by game. Like if you have never made it out of groups, despite going to like five international events, then I don't think you can be like considered like competitively good. I like seeing them because they are a team that is so different from all the other, you know, 16 or 20 teams that are there. Listen, but man, it I'm bums just... me out that they don't make it out of groups. Yeah, I want them to make it out of groups. I'm I'm all for them making it because I'm rooting it, rooting for them to make it out of groups. Super didn't I'm like what you, I said. He it'll goes, be great. He says, "Say that to Black Ray's face. I dare you. He'll slap the spit out of your mouth." <laughs> Black Ray is honestly still to this day probably one of the most impressive mechanical players I've ever seen. What do you think, that of Ramu? Guy can fucking shoot. Ramu is impressive mechanically. Ramu. Ramu may be scared of peeking a mirror, so... Dude, Ramu and... When Ramu and... Uh, or no, was it Ramu or Mary? It was Mary and Awaka when they were on Nora Rengo together. It was just like, mm -hmm. you die. There was... They, they had the briefs... The brief stint with the three of them. Yeah. And... Uh, Ramu is the one that smoked us. Yeah. But... God, that, I, like that, that Nora Ringo team, man. I, I like them so much. the rest of them smoking everyone else. Dude, I love that Nora Ringo team. I really wish they had a won something. Like, really, yep. really wish they'd won something, man. I want an APAC team to win. Like, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very firmly in the... Root if, for Cyclops, man. Imagine Iagator up there. Why would I root for Cy... Why would I root... For, the teams that are going right now, like Elevate has the most success of the four teams that are going. Yeah. MAPAC. Elevate is a very compelling team, but they also make roster changes like I change my socks. So like, it was very upsetting that they that they made roster changes after the six invitational. I was I was pretty pretty surprised by that. But... I was very surprised by that. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Their their don't roster was huge. At one point, there was like eight people. There's right right now. If you really? look at the, if you look at the active roster right now, it's fucking seven people on it. Because they have wow. two subs. Well, Nape, you huh. got moved to sub, right? Oh. Okay. And they dropped Narix. Narix went to school. Well, yeah. To be fair, Narix retired. So I mean, that's that's a bit different, but. Okay. If you go back and you look at like the core of the team and you look at like the roster moves of the last year, you're like, why is so many of you have just like dropped? Um, I don't know. We're going to do how, how it goes sometimes. You will probably not be here for it, but next week we're doing a full Charlotte major recap um, or not recap, I guess like pre-show yeah, talking yeah. about all the teams. If you want to give any quick predictions now before we move on to like the nip rumors, you're welcome to. I mean, there's I got nothing, man. 13 teams. I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Dark Zero and uh, Cyclops. That's it. I'm telling you, man. 
I need Cyclops versus Astralis, and I need the cams on Iagator and Dave. I just need him to go at it. Okay. I w- it'd be so funny. You need to slip whoever's whoever's running it. I don't know if it's Face. I don't know if it's ESL. Whoever's running. I don't know if it's another company. For crying out loud, whoever's running the major, as I'm calling it, I'm very upset that nobody's been branding it the major. Um. Wait, slip, why not? Nobody's why been calling it that. It's a major in May. M a y j o r. The major. See, I mean, it doesn't translate well to text. But well, we don't. We don't. We. They just do city names. The Charlotte Major. Well, the I mean, Sweden Major. We don't brand anything correctly. Major. So that's what we call it. We call it like the Charlotte Major, but it's actually called the Six Charlotte Six Major. Major. Oh. So they changed it again. They so, really fucked up the wording on that one. So the first one was Paris Major, right? It was called the Six Major, Six Major hyphen Paris. Paris. Yeah. And then the Raleigh it's, Major is the same thing. The Six Major Raleigh. But now. But now it's, it's the Six Charlotte, Charlotte Major. Major. And then it was the six Sweden major. Mm. Mm. But why? Why don't you just like, instead of calling it like the six, why don't you just call it like the spring major Charlotte or something like that? The Charlotte spring major. And then like wherever else they're going to have the next two. Like, I just, I don't. What about the six major series? Charlotte. Could be. Mix it up. I don't know. We should we should come up with cooler names. It just it does bum me out that we call like it's called the Six Invitational, which is a great name, but we all call it SI. But then there's MSI, which is the company, and then there's also MSI, which stands for the Midsummer or Midseason Invitational, which is the league event, which is significantly larger than us. It just bums me out that it's like so close in terminology. I, I I. For the longest time, I just always called it invitational. Well, but some people then, call it some people then, call it invitationals. Some people call see, it invite. See, I've done I've done all th- all those. Yeah. But then eventually, when you want to refer to which like you want to refer to SI twenty twenty, I just call it. That's SI. when it's now yeah. you got to say SI. Yeah, there's I was no SI. way I'm saying the invitational in twenty twenty. Like I can just yeah. say SI twenty twenty. I think SI sounds great, but I. I also think that we could like the branding around the leagues is something that I also had a problem with right at the beginning. They're like, oh, we're going to call it the NA League. We're just going to call it NAL and EUL. And it's like. When you look at like the other. I don't know if I ever say NAL, by the way. When? Well, I mean, I I do because. I don't even know what I say. It just irritates me. I say pro league still. I, I say pro league as well for the most part. But the problem with pro league is that it's like it's a brand. Like pro league is literally a brand like CSGO has pro league rocket league is like pro league, you know? So, um, but it's like, you look at, you look at Valorant, it's like VCT. They have the word Valorant in it. Like you look at, you look at league and it's like LCS, LPL, LEC. Like we don't have that. It's just like, Oh, I'm a caster for the NA league. That's it. That's just what it's called. It's, I am a caster for the NA league. And they're like, which league, you know, like, Why is there no, like, why Why do we not have the word, like, rainbow or siege in there somewhere? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a branding guy. I just I always thought that was very surprising where it's like, oh, we're going to call it the NA League. And it's like, yeah, but if, if you if you forego. Oh, yeah. R6 NAL. Yeah, that's the R6 NAL. Well, that's just because we the... throw R6 in front of all of it. So BR6 Works. is a great fucking name, by the way. Yes. BR6. BR6. Is BR6. Everything about BR6 problem, is great. My only problem is that I hear BR6 and Copa Elite 6 and uh, I don't know fucking what's what anymore. Well, I just yeah. say they're playing in their league or they're playing in the one that qualifies them for the major and then I say then they're playing their finals. Like I, I literally have to describe them because I don't fucking know the names. Yeah. I mean maybe I just have an awful time tracking them, but this I mean, I also like Call of Duty League CDL versus like Call of Duty World League CWL. I thought CWL was significantly better. I don't know, it's just like I I this is not like a Rainbow Six thing. I don't want anybody to think like I'm shitting on the powers who be for Rainbow Six. There's lots of leagues that I just I don't understand like the name of. Not to mention the fact that like North American sports loves to call their leagues national, which is fine. And then they but then they talk about like world championships or something like that. And it's like is it's a national league with like a doesn't make any sense. And you're like, nope. Brandy's Brandy's kind of inconsistent. And you're like, okay. It's the uh then you have Major League Baseball, which like makes sense because there's no like national name in it, but then they have the World Series and you're like, and people are like, well, it's because it's the American League versus the National League. And it's like, oh, shut up. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, let's talk a little bit about NIP because we got like 13 minutes to go and then we're, yeah. we're donezo. Unless there was anything else with the Charlotte Major that you wanted to, to say. No, I got nothing. I think the Charlotte Major is a great name, but I don't know about the no, six Charlotte. Major. Not about the not about the name, about the event. Oh my god. No, I got nothing else. So here's the crazy thing, by the way, about this upcoming major. So if LFO qualify, they as like a proper org have not competed at a LAN in ages, right? Like it's been a long time. Hmm? Heroic. Wait. wait, whoa, wait, what? Sloth, Gorgana, Grizzly. Engine Master L Uno. L oh, sorry. LFO though. Yeah, LFO, LFO is uh, it's Rise. Yeah, they were at the 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 Sweden Major. Yeah, that was it. They've been at one. Yeah, was, that's not was... that long ago. It's two events ago. Oh my god. I'm. What I'm trying to set us up for is that LFO is probably a bad first example to lead with. The amount mm -hmm. of teams that are going are not staples and have either only been at one or two events mm -hmm. over the last okay. like four years or have not at all. So, yeah, that was that was my point with like losing empires. Yes. Like, yeah. And so I was gonna say LFO would be one of EU's representatives. They've been to one event, right? Heroic? No. G two is this current roster. I mean, you could make an argument as to whether or not they've been present because they made a bunch of roster changes. But sure, let's go with G two being a standard force. BDS as well, super consistent. Everybody knows them. If Rogue make it over LFO, I would argue that a lot of this Rogue core has been there. But then you look at NA Astralis. Never been to a major. OXG, two players, never competed in a major. DZ, standard bearers for an A. Xset, three players have been to a major, but still, again, not, not a ton of experience. Already, we have a lot of players and a lot of teams who just have not competed at international events. W7M, nothing. Team Liquid, they've been there. Team One, most of that roster has never competed at a major event. Furia. Yeah, other than Lagotness, who's a major winner, by the way. 
Furia. Furia have have competed at a couple majors. They've got two brand new players. Cyclops, they've been there before. Direwolves, never been there. Elevate, only one major. Chiefs. Chiefs is one major, right? They went to Sweden and that was it. It's like you're looking yep. at the landscape and half of the teams that are going have like a like next to no experience competing. It's actually wild if you think about it. Like which only suggests that now is the time for Cyclops' experience to pay off. I like how that's like the round that's like the roundabout way to get Cyclops back in here. Yeah. I'm I Gator's number one fan. Okay. So you agree that Cyclops will win the entire major? No. Yes, you do. You said I heard Don't it here. Don't play us in the finals. Yeah, there you go. So DZ D, DZ and uh, DZ Cyclops finals. Yeah, and then they'll be all out of their cheese strats, and we'll be fine. What do you What do you think? What do you think would happen if it was you versus Cyclops in the finals? I don't know. I think it'd be a great time. We'd be playing. I Gator be yelling at me. I probably wouldn't be able to keep a straight face. I'd probably yell back. I don't know. We'd beat them. But it'd be stressful. They'd be flying out of windows. Montane would be everywhere. Ota Shields everywhere. Is the menopause hat coming on? They don't they don't allow it at international events. So you can so what if you had menopause? Was it just you you cease to have menopause once you leave America? Well, it's not supposed to go on your head and tied around like a, a medical hand. condition. It's a towel. It's a hand towel. I just happened to tie it around my head. It's it's cool. Do they allow do they allow shooting sleeves? Yeah. Why do they allow shooting sleeves but not a menopause headband? What There's if you need nothing, to cool off? You can't have stuff on your head. It's like the 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 headset rules. No hats. Well, there were players that were absolutely wearing like hats to try and like mm-hmm. pull the white noise off so I could hear a little bit better. But yeah, so they they don't allow any uh, headgear. Fucking bullshit! How are you supposed to stay cool up there? Great question. I remember at one of usually, the dream hacks. Usually, the stages are pretty cold. I remember at one of the dream hacks, it was so hot and Jarvis was sweating so bad that he had he went to the concession stand at DreamHack Montreal, got a cup of ice, and when and he was done, he would he would rest his hands in the ice and then he'd like wipe them off on a towel and go back to playing. Like this is I gotta, I I gotta like, hook Jarvis up cooling I'm, technology. He won that dream hack, by the way, with TSM. Oh, yeah. So the ice is one for one. There you go. And Jarvis is 0 for 1 because he's not in pro play anymore. Anyway. Um, Damn. Let's talk about briefly the the uh, nip rumors because obviously there's former world champions have had a pretty yep. poor five, six, seven months. Um, rumor popped the other day that they were benching Julio, which... I can't say it's a huge surprise. I would say that if there was a first cut on the team just based on in-server performance, it would probably be him. But I also, I mean, you know Julio super well, and so do I, that that guy's like, he brings so much more to a team than just what you see in the server. I agree. Soon to be a father. Yep. Now, I don't know if that's like part of the decision. Like, obviously, no. He wants to spend time with the kids. They said they would bench him. They weren't going to let him go. I will say, I will say, 
apparently, having a kid, there might be there might be a child buff. Ness got the saying, child buff, dude. Uh, Ness cyber got the too. Cyber too. Yeah, Cyber got the fucking right child before buff. Before the majors, yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, I thought Cyber was nasty for a very long time, but all yeah. I'm saying is that motherfucker took over. Yeah. When he had his kid. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I've I've been saying it's either that or or you got to start smoking cigarettes. Like, there is a smoking like cigarette part. buff. There is. There's a smoking cigarette buff as well. Not that we are 100%. encouraging anybody here to smoke cigarettes, but no, but you raise the stakes. Yeah, absolutely. Play better. Um. So the rumor was that they were going to replace him with Keys from W7M, which is a shocker, given that there's literally nothing that is stopping W7M at the moment. They look no literally they're... unbeatable, and Keys is by far and away their best player. Uh in the thirteen matches. A W7M have competed in. He is a plus 62, 163 kills, and a 101 deaths with a KPR of 0.99. I don't think people realize how. That ain't bad. What? Yeah. That, that ain't bad. I don't think people realize how hard it is to have a one KPR in Rainbow Six. Yeah. The difference between a 0.75 KPR and a 0.9 KPR is massive. But people don't like really like kind of like logically clue into that. Yeah. And Volps is plus 43. Whole team is doing well. Their worst player is GDN, who's been around for a while. I think he was on Black Dragons last. I can't remember what team he was on last, but I'm reasonably certain the last time I cast him, he was on Black Dragons. Uh, he's a minus two and he's the worst player on the team. And he's their support player. So... These these things happen when you're smoking everyone. Yeah. Um, so the fact that Keys would go from W7M to Nip to replace Julio and... If he would. If he would. That's a rumor, of course. And yes. then there's another rumor going around that it might be Fantasy from Furia, who is also the best player on Furia. What is it about Nip where you can just siphon off Two of the top four teams, best players, and just bring them right into your roster. The fantasy one makes a lot more sense to me because, like, Fury has been making events, right? But they've, like, stayed around the same place, right? Right. They've been qualifying for all the events, but they've been staying around the same, like, you know, just at a top eight kind of area, right? Mm -hmm. And fantasy's been doing well the whole time, but also their play style, their play style, in my opinion, feels very, like, individual focus like they just they let they let fantasy and now i think sdk they they let those guys loose yeah and you know they hope it pays off kind of and then they have like they have like solid late round players to close out rounds stuff like that but they definitely just try to let those guys loose For so to just to back you up by the way fantasy has a survival rate of 18 percent yeah, that man, he, he gets in there and he has absolutely no breaks. Yeah. None of them. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could understand that one a bit more because he's like, the situation just like, their their placements haven't really improved. He's he like, he's a solid player, a solid piece for like, you know, a team if you want to build a team. And obviously, NIP knows how to win as a team. 
So that one I could believe a bit more, right? You know, he's doing well. Placements are improving. Okay, maybe, maybe if he joins a team and like a system and, you know, under a leader like Psycho who knows how to, knows how to lead a team, maybe like he'll be able to make it work. You know, maybe that's how fantasy gets a chip, but keys, I don't, I mean, I, I could see like that as well, but I, I also like when you're, when you're on like a come up like that, like you just like, they're having the season they're having. I feel like you, you got to kind of, you got to see where you guys are going. Right. You're talking about nip. No, no, no keys. I'm saying on W7M, like you, you gotta, yeah. you gotta ride that out. But also then what I'm sure you're going to bring up is also in both situations, NIP is probably going to pay better. Yeah. And I think that's the big one too. I, I kind of had the same conversation about Ali Mao or uh, going to G2, right? Like the rumor of Ali Mao going to G2 literally started before they won the Mexico major. Right. And then obviously after the Mexico major that it, the talks kind of reached a fever pitch and the, from what I heard in the background was it's basically like they couldn't reach a deal for a buyout or Ali Mao didn't want to leave yet because the team had just won and G2 was an absolute fucking disarray. Um, and then after Sweden, he was like, all right, maybe I will entertain this. And then they obviously didn't have the best result in the six invitational either. But I mean, they literally went into the six invitational knowing that like Levi was going to retire or leave the team and Ali Mao was likely gone to G2. It's like, how good of an SI are you going to have playing under those circumstances, right? Like, you're just not. You're not. So, it's it's tough. When I look at a player like Fantasy, people refer, you know, people constantly refer to Furia as like Fantasy Esports. If you get rid of Fantasy on that roster, what happens to the rest of the team? It's not a bad team. Are they a consistent top four team in what is an extremely, you know, grindy region? I don't think so. I think if you take fantasy off that team, unless you replace him with somebody who's basically the same, I don't think Furia can stay top four. What about W7M? They seem to have some pretty good fucking building blocks and they're playing really well, but this is this OXG syndrome? Is this a honeymoon phase for this squad? Are we going to see people figure them out and then they kind of come back down to earth? If that's the case, for keys, is it not smarter to go to an org that I can almost bet you pays better it will give you a much larger fan base immediately. Just look at what happened with Pino and Musi. Both of them were highly touted prospects. They both go to NIP, and not only does their original fan base come with them, but all the spotlight too. So, I I don't know. I just, the way that I see it is, there are teams where that are like feeder orgs that don't have a huge budget, don't have a ton of money, they don't pay super well, they don't have a big platform. You're not going to really grow. You kind of need to just like leave them be and go to one of the big dogs. And I mean, Nip is a big dog. Liquid fans are probably going to be angry with me, but Nip is in my mind, the most successful Brazilian team that's ever played rainbow, you know? So if you have an opportunity to go there, same with TSM right now. Yeah. TSM are the, what the second worst team in NA at the moment, but you know that, that they're going to bounce back. Nip were almost relegated a year and a half at, you know, before they won or before they, you know, almost won a world championship. And then two years later, they actually win the fucking world championship. So it's like, I don't know if, if I'm, if I'm keys or if I'm fantasy and that Nip core wants me and it pays better, I'm taking it. I'm going. 
Gansia. I can understand that. I don't know. It, it's hard to say unless you're on the team, but also it's hard to say with how much money. Yeah, like I'm assuming W7M does not get paid much. Um, Brazil as a region, no, I, think, I, know. I think the only I think the only exception is Liquid, but Brazil as a region is like criminally underpaid compared to the rest of, well, yeah. at least NA and EU. I'd also argue that NA is overpaid, but no NA players are going to say that. So, uh, I think there's a solid amount that are. Yeah, <laughs> there's some check stealers. Yeah, but but uh, and there's also oh. the rumor that Souls is going to leave Phase to go to Valorant, which actually is the most shocking rumor of them all. Uh, but I I don't I, I don't know like how much weight any of these rumors have, but I I could, like, maybe understand it, but it's, I also don't know, like... It's Rafinha who's, pu who's putting out the rumors, right? And he was, like, bang on the money last last time. I mean, I think Souls is a good player. I do think... I think it's probably hard to transition this late, but, like, I, I don't know the guy, like, I don't know how good like siege players are at like games like that, right? Like, They're not. Unless I I think there's some that could be if they like fully dedicated their time to Name it. Name but... one former Rainbow Six pro who has competed at a top level. No. Hey. In Valorant, no. I I don't have any. But... Leviathan is the only one that comes to mind. Not a pro though. But... Leviathan also was not a pro, exactly. Yeah. And I think Leviathan rebranded as well now. I don't think he goes by Leviathan anymore. I don't know what I his new name is. Have any Siege pros oh, Aleko or really something like that? tried to, though? Yeah, I mean, your whole former team. MVK, Necrox, Moe, they tried really hard. Um, Amar was not committed to that. I mean, he wasn't, they, but MVK they, and Moe. Moe absolutely was. Moe was a thousand percent. Was, okay, we're talking like world-class siege pro listen mo i like mo mo was a pro for like what a season or two i get it i, I know what you're saying i'm just yeah. saying that i the i, I don't believe if, if some of the best of the best tried to i think they probably could if they committed to it yes i think that the the mechanics that are required to aim well at rainbow six are not necessarily transferable to games I, like valorant i agree i agree but i do think there's some pros that have it yeah, I mean, it also just comes that's, down to it comes down to grinding too. Like if you're, oh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You if, can't grind both. They fully both. commit to it. Yeah, yeah. I, if they fully commit to it. Sure. I I'm curious because I've I've heard that the salaries in Valorant are extravagant. Like I've I've heard that the salaries across the board in Valorant are like double hours. So it's if you have a chance. Like the thing with Souls is that if he goes and plays Valorant for like six months and wants to come back. Somebody's going to pick him up in six months, right? Yeah. So if you I, want to go chase also, the bag in Valorant, go do it. Very true. A, a big part of it, too, is that there's way more people that fucking play Valorant. So yep. a big part, like, unless he, like, knows people that are going to give him a shot and stuff like that, it will be a lot harder to make it. Oh, for sure. Like, that, that's, a, that's a huge part of it. We don't, we don't necessarily know the Brazilian scene exactly in, like, in, in Valorant, right? Like, I mean, look, I mean, that Loud just finished second. At VCT Masters and Reykjavik. They lost to Optic, but they finished second. Like, 
you know, like Brazil is, Brazil is not a bad region at all in Valorant. Yeah. They are very, very strong and it's a huge game in Brazil. It's absolutely fucking massive in Brazil. Yeah. But I think the, the point that you made is, is, you know, very important. How well does he know the scene? Maybe some of his yeah. best friends in Brazil play Valorant and that's a big consideration too. We don't know. It's, yeah, if he has, like, some connections to it, right, like, people will give him a chance because they yeah. probably know him and know what he could bring to a team and that he'll understand the game. But yeah, I, it, that all depends on, like, how well you know a person. Like, I don't even fucking know Sozo well. I know he's good at Siege. Yeah. Right? I think he's one of the best support players. I think he's one of the best support players in the world. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think, I think if a player, like, has... Like obviously they need to have the mechanical skill that can translate, mm -hmm. which that that's like probably the most hit or miss part of it. But I do think there's probably aspects of siege players, especially ones that have played on like high level siege teams. They're probably significantly more comfortable, you know, in a team environment and you know what it takes to win than some some of the current like up and coming Valorant pros. I also think another consideration is that Rainbow Six, very briefly, for maybe like six months, existed in a, the general gaming audience cares about this game. And then I think we went back to niche status. Same with Rocket League. If you look at Valorant, if you look at League, if you look at CSGO, if you look at certain fighting games, if you look at, you know, if you look at certain Fortnite pros, certain Apex pros, doesn't matter what esports you follow, you probably know these names. I don't think the same can be said for Rainbow. Like, yeah, I think people outside of Rainbow know like Pengu. They might know you. They might know Bolo. You know, they might have known Kicks. Like, that's fine. But as an esport, yeah. I don't ever think we've been. I don't ever think we've been mainstream, and I don't think we've ever been able to really move across that line. Whereas Valorant is very much mainstream. Yeah, And with how huge Loud as an org is and how popular the Brazilian teams have been in the past at Valorant over the last year, if you're looking at potential, you know, like legitimacy as a player, make more money, play for longer, for somebody like Souls, who's young, maybe Valorant is the move if you have the ability to play at that level, which again, is a big what if, because I don't think either you or I, we don't know how good he is at Valorant either. So... Yeah. I don't know. So I, I just think it's, it, I mean, it would suck because I really like that phase clan roster a lot. And I, I firmly believe that, um, I firmly believe that souls is a part of it. Yep. And without him, that team is nowhere near on the same level. So, Great. Anyway. And that's not an easy role to replace, but yeah, that yeah. also could be like that. That seems who, like who in Rat Team do you replace for support, rumor. right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Then again, I don't know the prospects because I didn't even know I didn't know about like Ask before he joined Liquid. But it's man, it's even even me who speaks has been doing great. Yeah, he has. I, I don't, I don't really talk to the Brazilian players as much as I used to. But even when I do, it's very challenging to get like a finger on the pulse of that entire like tier two scene because Brazil also has an incredible amount of like fraggers 
who don't play any tier two. They just like are ranked stars with huge followings and they get picked up. Yeah. And if you're not consuming that kind of content, you're never going to see them. You can watch as much tier two Brazilian rainbow six as you want. And some of the biggest names that are on the radar of everybody who plays in BR six, you're never going to hear about them. So I hope for phases sake that he doesn't go anywhere, but I hope for souls' sake that he goes where he's happiest and can be the most successful. So agreed. Other than that, we've, we've gone 10 minutes over our time. You have any closing thoughts? Cause you won't be here next week because you are uh, preparing for a major that you are hoping to meet Cyclops in the finals of, um, any parting thoughts? Um, not really. Um, glad, glad we got another episode in. Me too. Took a bit. Took a bit. Me too. Um, but no, not really. Uh, the major should be exciting. A lot of new teams, new players, like you said. Mm-hmm. Experienced teams that uh, are getting their shot, I guess, almost playing against. I guess is there I'm trying to think about it. Is there technically? Oh, I guess there technically could be a repeat winner with like team one, slash like. Even it's it's a different just... yeah i mean team one team yeah, one is, is a, a ship of theseus exactly. so i mean it's it's not the same but it's basically like is there i feel like technically then there probably can't be any repeat winners right well Lagotinus. as far as like no, no no i'm saying like as like as like an actual core team i'm saying i don't think any of the any of the teams that are going no because i mean you guys haven't won an international event neither yeah. is oxg astralis and Accent haven't been there. Heroic's never been there before. If you look at the current standings, it's going to be BDS, G2, and Rogue. Rogue hasn't. BDS haven't. G2 okay. has, but none of the players on the team other than Shass have won before. Yeah. Uno could be a repeat winner. No, Uno never won a major. Kanto could be a repeat winner on Rogue. Uh, Lagonis could be on Team 1, but the entire core of that squad is yeah. different as well. Liquid, I suppose. You've got Nesk. But, got but again, that's... Okay, yeah, I forgot because P- PSK was there and then wasn't, and then yeah, there's so I, mean, I guess the PSK closest and, would be liquid. PSK and NASC won Atlantic City, that's the only international event they've won, yes. Um, which technically wouldn't be a major, but no, it wasn't, but that was also before majors, yes, yeah, because they announced the major at it, if at, I remember correctly, yes, yes. yes. Um, I mean, Ali can be a, re- a repeat winner on G2, but the rest yeah, of that but roster, no real core can. Yeah, no, there's no core. It's so we're basically gonna get a whole new team winning it. Yep, which is cool. cool. And I mean, if you look at the teams that are going, there's really only like three super experienced teams going. Like, there's you, like us, yeah, Cyclops. There's not Cyclops. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, wrong. Go ahead. There's there's you. There's OXG and there's Liquid. And that's and it. Potentially BDS. Potentially BDS, but they haven't confirmed their spot yet. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, and that's it. Because I don't consider that G2 roster to be super experienced because they're a new team and they yeah. haven't really had any major accolades to their name. So it's other other than those three and maybe BDS if BDS qualifies because there's a potential that BDS does not qualify. True. Uh, if, if G2 beats BDS... And then both Rogue and LFO win their matches. BDS does not qualify for the major. So. Could be. 
Could be huge. Be quite possible. Yeah. So if BDS doesn't qualify, it's like Liquid, OXG, and DZ are the only three like decently experienced teams. People could say like maybe Furia, maybe I'd say that they're a bubble team, but other than that, it's like all new faces, all new teams, all new players. And I think this might be the first event that we've had like that since probably Tokonami. Like, it's Cyclops' time. <sighs> They'll. I, I appreciate us, how you... us, us winner finals and then losers finals, Astralis versus Cyclops. Cyclops wins, plays us. That's That's the bracket. Of course. Yeah. <sighs> what a way to end this episode. This that's a stars align. If the stars align, do they beat Astralis on the way? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They they beat them in losers' finals. The chat is firmly Dave, on the Dave side of CG. I think you've I think you've changed some minds and I think you've I think you've changed some hearts here. It's it's hard not to root for them. Don't get me wrong. They like they, it's it sucks. Like there there's no there's there's a reason why people get so frustrated that they're not closing the games. You know, when they're fun to watch. I feel that way about all of APAC though. I want an elevate to make a Dude, deep run at SI. Bro, I want they a have so to make a deep much run. fun like, though, man. They have so much fun while they play. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm. I'm not. I love shit, that. Don't the the. I think there's going to be if, if anything's taken from this episode. I don't want it to be that people think I'm some like CAG hater. You are. I am not. They have been. You hate fun. They have been consistently bad at events. That's literally it. And guess what? The Sonics were in that same boat until SI this year as well. And I don't hate the Sonics. It just means that they can't make it out of groups. They've never made it out of groups. At every single international event they've made it to, they've never once made it out of groups. And they've been to a lot. So I want them to make I it out hope, of groups this time. Yeah, I hope they make it out of groups. Someone like clips all that and then makes like a, a montage of them. Like, you know, I want one? them to make it out of groups. Remember when Cloud9 like finally did good in CSGO and then like they made like that. I, I forget what it's called. The the video went fucking crazy though. It was like oh some God. montage of them hitting all the clips and then like all the fucking NA haters in chat. That's gonna be, it'll be you between clips of, and I Gator's gonna be laughing, having a great time. Black Ray is gonna be just fucking frying people. You see the clip of uh, the it's all gonna peak? happen. Did you see that one? I think it was Bartosz did it. It was like yes. It's like you like you try to clear bowl always. And it's just like it's it's overlaid transparently over like Bolo just absolutely frying on chalet or whatever it was. Yep. I don't hate CAG. I want CAG to make it out of groups this time. I think that you're trying to get you're trying to get me. You're trying to like you're trying to paint me into a corner where I say I don't like Cyclops. I like Cyclops. I'm just trying to build up the potential hype for Cyclops versus Astralis because I I've just I've had this just in my mind like. There is no way that's not going to be a fun match to watch. What happens if Cyclops with a with it, it I, has I don't to want, happen? I don't I need that match. I don't want to call this a weak major, but in terms of the quality of teams going and history of teams going on paper, it is weaker than previous majors. What if with a weaker cast of characters at this major? What if Cyclops don't make it out of the groups? 
I don't know. What? No, I mean, that's what I'm asking you. You're saying, like, you want me to say that they need to make a roster change or something? I don't know. I don't know enough. I'm I'm asking an honest question because I like Cyclops, too. They they make it to the majors. That'd be a fucking bummer. Do you, like, what what do you do to the team? I don't know. Clearly, as some of the individual players they, on the team, they, they have a really much higher skill changes, ceiling. Though. They don't make changes. They've been they've been the same roster for a very long time. Somebody in chat says you can't classify these teams as weak because technically they beat the other teams. No, yes, you can. If there have been times, absolutely, where a team that doesn't have a ton of experience and isn't good in best of threes and has a smaller map pool will win like a qualifier and make it in, and then just not be good at a better event. Sometimes the best teams don't make it to events. And sometimes like TSM who were not good enough to be a top four team in NA are clearly a good enough team to win all of SI. Sometimes you get things backwards. If a team that's really good in best of ones, that's in a honeymoon phase gets a couple, maybe even a lucky death or two. And that's enough or a lucky killer too, and that's enough to win a single round over a team that absolutely needed the win and you deny them that and you go to the major because of that, that doesn't necessarily mean you've earned that spot and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the better team there. It just means that in that particular moment, you were a better team. Maybe not consistently, maybe not historically. Do, do I think that W7M are a worse team than FaZe and Nip and all them who didn't make it? No, I'm not saying that. But do I think that W7M have as... If if you if you take FaZe and Nip as they are right now and you put them in the major and you put W7M in the major, I'm still putting my money on FaZe and maybe even Nip to make a deeper run because of how they've been historically and how they compete at international events based on past results. That's the point I'm trying to make. If that makes sense to you. That's a fair point. And then people are like, well, they're weak teams. And it's like, if that's what you're taking from what I'm saying, then I can't help you. I can't help you at all. I also want Cyclops to do well. Yeah. I feel like I now need to like overstate it because you've now convinced the people that I'm I hate saying, Cyclops. They're, they're an easy team to root for, man. I don't root for teams, obviously, because I'm usually playing. But I know, when I interviewed at SI and I'm like, if you don't win, who do you want to win? And you're like, I don't care. And I was like, great. Thanks for making my job as an now, interviewer easier. And after watching SI and having a great time watching Cyclops play... I have decided if we don't win, Cyclops wins. So if I interview you in That's Charlotte, what I want. So if I interview you in Charlotte and I ask the same question, I said, if your team doesn't win, who do you want to win the major? You're just going to say it. Cyclops. Perfect. That's all we can ask. That's for. not to say, that's not to say I think they will, but I think it'd be great. Oh, APAC winning doesn't matter who it is. APAC winning would be would be spectacular. I I want APAC to win. I, selfishly, I want to cast it. I don't know who's going to be cast in the Charlotte Major Finals. I don't care. But I want APAC to win either as a caster or a spectator because it'd be hype. Parity across our regions is good. And that's why I'm so glad that LATAM is now as good, if not better, than every other region. Remains to be seen what happens at this Major. I still think in terms of actual... Regional prowess, Latam were just as good as NA at SI, and those were the two best regions. So, but anyway, we've hit our time. It's 420. Oh, it just turned 421. Damn it. Lucky. Unlucky. This was our. I uh, really got to tw- use the bathroom. 
Okay, there you go. Well, we're ending now anyway. This is the 27th yeah. episode called New Era. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube and you made it all this way and you have not subscribed, please do so. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or iTunes Podcasts or whatever it's officially called, thanks for listening. There will be another episode next week. Same time, that's 11 a.m. if you're on the West Coast. It's 2 p.m. if you're on the East Coast. And that is 8 p.m. if you are in Central Europe. It's going to be a Charlotte major pre-show. We're going to try to get at least one representative on from every single region. Troy will not be here. If you are tuning in just for Troy, I'm just going to break your heart right away. As for those of you that are watching this live, the VOD should be up by tomorrow evening on YouTube or by Monday morning at the latest. Take care of yourselves. Thanks, as always, for watching. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Adios.